All right, Inappropriate Earl's back with a very, this kind of a merging of two podcasts uh, tonight. Uh, this is like if uh, Eddie Trunk and uh, that classic metal show had a dual episode, which I don't think uh, will ever happen. But uh, today you get the cool kids. Uh, as many of you know, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts because I'm too selfish. I don't want to give anyone a listener that uh, should be listening to my show. Uh, it's a cold business, the podcast world. It's, it's like the sandwich market. You know, you don't see people from Subway going into Quiznos and vice versa. But uh, I was turned on to the Decibel Geek podcast uh, through our mutual love of Vinnie Vincent. And uh, as many of you know, I'm fascinated by Vinnie Vincent. He just uh, is an enigma of sorts. And when I found another podcast almost devoted to that man's insanity i was like i don't know if we're ever going to be in the same city but we are because of nam not nambla nam guys welcome to inappropriate earl the decibel geek podcast crew hola how are you Earl? como esta give your names boys uh chris senzak and I'm his brother, Eric Sinzak. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm psyched to have you guys here. Oh, yeah. Happy to be here, man. I've got to uh, check to the uh, podcast. Uh, yes, I did a, I was telling your brother, I did a podcast with Doug Fager, a legendary roast battle comic, uh -huh. for two hours. It was probably the best podcast I've ever done uh, because we just talked about life and dating comics and all that stuff. And uh, I went to uploaded on soundcloud and it was the weirdest thing it had recorded mm -hmm. but there was a flat line there was no, no sound oh i've been there but i've yeah. never had that happen really uh, ever oh wow i've had it happen numerous times actually yeah, actually i was there when you had that happen i was yeah you know, i remember you told me you said oh there's nothing on this yeah it was the worst feeling ever. i cried i was like fuck so now I'm super paranoid. I'm like checking. Yeah, that. I'm the same way. And uh, we had a great, we went to, uh, we had Jim Florentine in town uh, performing at Zany's. And uh, we're excited to have him talk talk to us on the show. And uh, he, we had a good talk with him backstage and for like an hour and a half. And it was really cool. Covered a lot of stuff. And then we realized later that it never recorded. And that was brutal. Well, it's just, there's. People think you just hit record and... No, it's <laughs> way more than that. It's a lot of work to do a podcast. It really is. It's a lot more than people think it. Well, I don't know. I've heard some where you can tell they didn't do much work. Well, I mean, I, in fairness, the only editing I do uh, is I put the tough song... Yeah. Uh, forever yours. Thank you, which, Stevie Rochelle. Well, I'll say, <laughs> which you get props from my co-host, Aaron Camaro, over the uh, Tough song, because he's a, a huge fan of uh, Tough. You know, just a couple of years earlier, it could have been a different uh, different ball game, but that's a lot of bands. Yeah. Kind of broke in the... Quite a, quite a few in the early 90s. That, you say eight, maybe 90 to 93. Right. It was just the party was over. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah, it was everything became loaded with flannel. Well, I, I love uh, that Warrant album where they like, Doggy Dog. Yeah, where they like are wearing flannels and Chuck <laughs> Taylors. We did a whole uh, albums unleashed episode on that with the producer Michael Wagner on that that album. Not a bad album. Oh, it's a great album. <laughs> Very it's underrated. Kind of like Kiss's Carnival of Souls. It's yep. a great Stone Temple Pilots album. Well, we interviewed the producer of that one too. It was Toby, Toby Wright. Wright. Yeah, he lives in Nashville too. Everyone lives in Nashville. It's crazy. In including maybe Vinnie Vincent. Well, that's debatable, but 
Well, but, I'll, I'll tell you something off mic about that. But uh, Oh, okay. But no, he doesn't live in Tennessee anymore. But he was there at one time. Oh, yeah, for a number of years. Yeah. He used to live pretty close to my house. Well, I know uh, if Rolling Stone can't find him, he's got to be seriously off the grid. Yeah, he is. Yeah, and that was what I... Because I thought if anything will bring him out of seclusion, <laughs> it would be the the whole Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing. I was like, if, any, if it was going to happen... He would have come out and said something at that point. And Rolling Stone and Eddie Trunk and uh, a lot of magazines were were really trying to get something out of him because of the Hall of Fame and not a peep, nothing. I mean, he really rescued their career in 83. I agree. 82, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the Creatures, Creatures of the Night. Sure. The writing was superb. Yeah. I mean, I think it was. I mean, I don't think Kiss could have survived with Ace and Peter in the 80s. No, not no, at all. No. It was it was it was a needed change. I mean, I love Ace and Peter, but I don't know. Kiss would have had to have decided early on around like the Alive album that this is our sound, this is what we're going to stick with, and they could have done the Motorhead route and just stuck it out and survived. That would be the only way. But they had already changed style so many times by that that point <laughs> that there was no way they were they had to they had to adapt at that point like which style do you stick with like all of a sudden well, you're just gonna stay they did the disco album then they yeah. did the new wave album then they did the the whatever the elder was album <laughs> that was like uh, <laughs> we're gonna be pink floyd yeah. now yeah, yeah it was basically the a, elders non-existent a blatant attempt at recreating the wall because right. bob, bob ezrin and a lot of cocaine made that decision <laughs> yeah well, I liked Unmasked because I'm a big Cars fan. Yeah, if you like the Cars, Unmasked is your album because it's very much a, an attempt at doing something like the that. The keyboards. Yeah. The, uh, and there's good pop rock songwriting on that album. I'll give it that. that uh, the Benjamin Carr, uh, Benjamin Orr, I'm sorry. I'm mm -hmm. combining uh, Kiss and Cars members <laughs> now. Uh, Benjamin Orr. Right. Uh, those backing vocals. Of Benjamin his. Carr and Eric Orr. Right. <laughs> Gene's probably suing me right now. Right. Gino Kasich? Yeah. yeah. Gino Kasich. <laughs> And uh, Ace Elliott. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I find there was a band, uh, speaking of the merging cars and Kiss, uh, no one's ever heard of this band. It was a boy band called the Click Five. I've heard of it. Yeah, Paul Stanley wrote songs for right. them. Yeah. And uh, Ben, God damn it, here I go again. I'm so excited <laughs> to have you guys here. Uh, Elliot Easton <laughs> did the solo to the yeah. song that uh, Paul wrote. And Elliot Easton's a monster player. He's great. Yeah, I he's, mean, he's a great player. His hairstyles are a little wonky. <laughs> yeah. He well. goes with these Beatlesque uh, bowl cut looking. Yeah, I would say, I don't know. But he's a great player. Mm hmm. But I don't know why this boy. I'm obsessed with this boy band, the Click Five, because I think they should have been so much bigger. They were. I mean, what I, I didn't. I only heard a couple of tunes, but I, I liked what I heard. Did you ever listen? Did you hear the? Uh, it was like kind of a quote unquote super group that uh, Elliot Easton did a couple of years ago. I think it was called with Wally Palmer from the Romantics. Yeah, it's like and. Uh, was it Clem Burke on drums? It's not the Dolly Rots, but it's a name like that. It's Lonely like a, Hearts? Or? Yes. Lonely Hearts. Um, I liked it. That's a really good record. If you're into pop rock like from the early 80s, it's right there for you. But it, it didn't move a lot of units. No. And Kiss Unmasked did not move a lot of units either. It went gold, though, didn't it? Yeah, it went gold right away, and then everyone was like, oh, okay. And then that was it. But... They were, I mean, in the U.S., they had kind of, they were already kind of a dead issue by by the time that album came out. It went gold, it went gold fast, and then that was over. Well, I just think that, uh, I mean, really, Peter's discontent was almost right around Love Gun when he started yeah. to want to wander. Well, he 
He he got bet once Beth hit it big. He was already on his way out. I yeah, think. I can because his, e, his ego went through the roof at that point. And then it was the same thing with Ace when New York Groove. Yeah, was uh, you know probably the biggest hit off the four solo oh, albums without question. Yeah. Uh, and he probably had the best solo album. I, I thought. Know. I thought Peter's was no. I'm just kidding. Oh my god, uh, Peter doing jazz fills. So like, do you know you're fucking? Oh no, it's not. I don't think I don't even know if he plays drums on that album. That's crazy when you are a drummer. When you're a drummer and you don't play your own drums. I don't think he plays on all of it. Album, yeah. I know there's parts of it that he doesn't even play drums on. And uh, you know, I always which, wondered... Which song does he not play drums on? Probably all, all of them. All on, really? On You Matter to Me, the real disco-y sounding one, he doesn't play drums on that. Really? Yeah. No, that's some, somebody else hired for that. That broke my heart when I found that Anton Fig was like basically the drummer in Kiss for Dynasty. From Dynasty and Unmasked. Yeah, and Unmasked and then... Uh, even on the elder, uh, Alan Schwartzberg. Alan Schwartzberg, he played I instead yeah. of Eric Carr, which like Eric Carr could have played that. Yeah, I mean, I think that was Bob Ezrin has a habit of doing that, where he will always replace a member of the band on the album to almost take them down a notch. Well, that's the booger sugar. Uh, yeah, he, but he did it on Destroyer, bringing Dick Wagner in to play for Ace on Sweet Pain, which I love. Dick Wagner, I had him on the show a number of times. Oh, he's great. before he passed away, but he was he was great, but. But Ezra always does that. He'll uh, bring in other players. He he did it. Uh, he brought Dick Wagner in on Revenge and replaced one of Kulik solos. Well, I'm sure that went over well with Bruce. It didn't. <laughs> but Bruce is. But such Bruce a, is always such a class act that he'll never say. Bruce that he is was the nicest guy. He's the nicest guy. Yeah. in the music industry. Yeah, I'm I mean, convinced. he just and a great player. He doesn't oh, get yeah. credit. Oh, he was my Kiss lead guitar player because I didn't get into the band until '87 when Crazy Nights was out. Which I love, crazy nice. I do too. I think it's I think it's very underrated. That Desmond Child cheese. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was a fun interview. Also. He was awesome. On the interview. Yeah. yeah, I've tried to get him a few times. I don't know if he's a fan of my humor. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but I mean, he, he that was I had to go through so many hoops to set that one up because he has a lot of people you have to go through. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. With you, I just sent him a few tweets. Right. You know, <laughs> no, he that. won't. He doesn't respond to tweets. But I think it is him like, on Twitter, right? It probably is. But no, I I was like emailing his assistant, and then she sent me to his other assistant, and then I got that when Aaron and I got to his studio, his third assistant led us into the building. I mean, I guess when you're probably the most prolific songwriter of the last thirty years, I guess you'd need a few assistants. Oh, dude, yeah, and like. And he, he, his studio is an old bank branch building. Oh, really? Yeah. He bought a bank branch building in Nashville and like hollowed it out. And when they let us in first, we go up to, we go, you go in through the back and then you go upstairs to where like, you know, the tellers and everything were, but that's his office. And there's a big desk there on a platform and then like, you know, sculptures and stuff all over the room. And he's sitting at the desk and we get there and. And it's kind of awkward because it's just like real quiet in there. And like he looks at me and Aaron and he kind of like sizes us up and he's like, and you guys are. And then the the assistant's like, oh, these are the guys from that uh, Decibel Geek podcast. They're here to interview. He's like, okay, uh, guys, I got to handle something real fast. I'm 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 working with this singer. They were doing like the CMA Fest, the country fest. There's this like singer he was working with. And he's like, I, we got to work on this song real quick and then I'll be down in a little while. And we're like, okay, but it's kind of like, he just comes off like royalty. Like he's, right. he's not, and I'm not saying he's a jerk. Uh, not at all. He's really nice guy, but he just, there's just this air about him. And uh, so we, he sends us, they send us downstairs to where the studio is and the studio is in the bank vault 
like where the bank vault used to be. So it's like, you want to talk about soundproofing. It's like the ultimate in soundproofing. And, uh, there's a hallway before you get in there though, that is loaded with all of his gold and platinum albums. And there's stage clothes and, you know, like that he's worn and there's, I mean, so many, it was like a damn museum just in this little hallway. Like, you know, there's the, the platinum album for the Alice Cooper trash album. There's the, platinum album for kisses and animal eyes and uh let's see what else was in on that ricky martin of course you know that he's maybe i shouldn't mention this but he wrote living la vida loca which i don't <laughs> know if we should hold that against him but it, it sold a lot of albums well he wrote i think uh my way on crazy nights which is probably more embarrassing to him yeah that that's not a good tune i love it though that that's a weak spot for me but I love this. I mean, it, 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 for, well, for a Top Gun soundtrack, it's a great song, but I don't know so much for a Kiss album. I mean, the keyboards, the uh, Kulik solo. Yeah. You know, just oh, the, it's well executed. It's the, just, it's very cheesy. The Bumblebee guitar solo. And mm. uh, I love and Paul hitting like the highest notes he's ever hit on an album. I think Crazy Nights is, oh, I don't want to say it's him at his vocal peak, but I love his As far his as voice. his vocal ability, yeah, I think it's the most he ever stretched himself. Um, and then where would you say, uh, I know this is a big topic for Eddie Trunk. Uh, <laughs> oh boy, here we go. No, no. I mean, uh, I mean, I've seen Kiss so many times. I can't quite pinpoint Paul's vocal decline. If you 2008 or nine, I mean, it started in 2004. I was going to say Psycho Circus. Was it? No, he no. was still good at He's that point. Actually, you know, it was around 98, 99 that he did, uh, he did the uh, Phantom of the Opera on yeah. Broadway, or not in Broadway, but it was in Toronto. But um, he did that, and he he went out of town and did that for a while, and that was like in the middle of a uh, in the middle of the Psycho Circus tour. He like they took a few months off, and he did that. And you have to sing differently for for that type of work, right? And, and I think that it may have hindered him. I don't think maybe not singing the way he did for that. But then going back to singing Kiss songs after that with the way he sings, because the way that Paul Stanley sings is not what you would call the right way to sing. Like he, it's a lot, a lot of it's through the throat. Yeah, and you sing from your diaphragm when you're doing bra opera. And I think going to opera singing that way, and then going back to rock music, I think that started to shred his vocal cords. He probably, yeah, he probably injured himself. But they did the Rock yes. the Nation tour in 2004, and that was like the first full tour with Eric and Tommy, and. He, there was like these things they did called instant lives where you could buy the CD after the show. I was one of the soccer, I mean, buyers. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you listen, cause it's, it's sound, it's soundboard audio uh, straight out of the board. So it's very raw and untouched and you can hear the beginnings of, of the decline on that. I took my son to see them on the Sonic boom tour in 2009 and we had fun and it was, it's not that it was at that point, wasn't super noticeable when you're in concert, it was still enjoyable. But when I walked out of that show, I was like, I think I've seen my last Kiss concert because I didn't want to see him if it got worse. It's and it's tough. really gotten worse. And I love those guys. Oh, they're like, the best. I mean, they're my, the, till, the, till the day I die, they'll be my favorite band. It's just like, it's almost at the point where it's like, oh boy, man, I don't want to like, I mean, who are we to tell them to stop? Uh, it's his life. Yeah, it's, you're yeah. not telling the Rolling Stones to stop. So I mean, they're going to keep going until. Yeah, they... but Mick sounds better than. But Paul. they do yeah. sound like <laughs> they still some, sound like the Stones. I mean, looks wise, I could go. With, I yeah. I would yeah. like to be locked in a a dark room and listen to their concerts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Keith is starting to look a little. 
I think they should just light them from the back and it would look like the uh, I, the iPod commercial, but you would only see the silhouettes of them because they're yeah. still in decent shape, but yeah. they, just, they just look bad up front, up close. Well, it's just like, uh, <laughs> I'm sure their makeup artist is like, oh, you guys are good. <laughs> just hit it. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, Kiss is, uh, it's just, it's like Van Halen. Like, I, oh boy, that, that's rough too. Right. I mean, David Lee Roth is doing spoken word now. Oh yeah! Oh God! What and the, that? But the thing with him is he still has the ability to do what he used to do, but he just chooses not to. Well, he gets into these. Uh, have you seen them in concert lately? Like, I've just watched videos. I haven't got. I haven't seen them since he came back. It's got like the weirdest stage rap. Like oh really? You know they'll be built into a nice crescendo of their big big hits and. He'll do like a five minute video of his dogs on his ranch. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. It's like makes it's like no... sheep dogs or something. Yeah, and yeah. it's like it's great. I mean, I'm a dog lover. Like, but do we need it before the encore? Yeah, right before ice cream, <laughs> man. Do we need to hear about and then he's talking about eating pussy with Wolfie and like Together? Well, no, he Oh, okay. He's <laughs> talking about like this was at the Staples Center show with I don't know a couple of years ago when they were uh, cool in the gang was their opening act right uh, who were great I thought and that had to have been Dave's choice I'm sure well from what I understand uh, or did the whole band want them no one wanted them but Dave yeah that's that's what I figured so they were like uh, and he probably made it a, a deal breaker you want them you pay for them oh so he, he he fronted the cost from what I understand which I thought that's pretty that's actually cool. that's admirable. I mean, there's certain things about David Lee Roth that I like. He's, I mean, he's, he's definitely got his integrity. Well, he doesn't have his voice. <laughs> well, he doesn't use it right anymore. It's like, if you listen to him now, like you heard a different kind of truth, he's singing like David Lee Roth on that. But then like you see them in concert and he's like, he's almost going higher than what he did before. He's trying to hit higher notes than what he's supposed to hit. It's like, you don't have to do that. Just sing like you. Yeah, like he's I mean, trying to show off, but he can't. You know that live album from the Tokyo. Oh, that album. was a, that was garbage. That I, was a dumpster fire of an album. I mean, the band, the band sounds incredible, but he, yeah, but Dave ruins that album. And you know, like Wolfie's pretty good for what is he twenty two now? Oh, he's yeah, he's an incredible musician. I mean, for a twenty two year old, I mean, when you consider Michael Anthony's probably been playing bass for double the amount he's been alive. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you don't really notice a difference in the musicianship the backing vocals you do yeah you do on the back because yeah michael anthony has a real defined backing vocal and that i do they do miss that well strangely i think i heard a few of michael anthony's backing vocals <laughs> they piping them in uh at least at the staples wow. center show i think i heard something about that too that the, yeah they think they're using tapes to do the background vocals well you can know they do, can they use tapes to do the do the main vocals oh boy <laughs> What's well, like when I saw Motley Crue? Uh, oh, if anyone needed to so just go sit by a Vince big Neil. speaker with a recording going, is that what? Well, you know, it's a few times he would put the mic by his leg to move around, and yet you still heard his vocals perfectly. Mm -hmm. I'm like, come on, man. Yeah. I paid a thousand dollars a ticket. I wanted to sit in the front row. Who was this? Motley Crue and Alice Cooper. Yeah, but Vince wasn't using tapes. I don't know. Because <laughs> Vince sounds awful live. There's no way that's a tape. I no, but I think <laughs> sounds like an awful recording. Is it like when he put the mic by his leg? Yeah, you still heard. Or his, was that the one they were recording for the DVD? I think because I saw the one at the pond, or I don't think they call it the pond anymore, the Honda Center. Yeah, and they had one more uh, show at Staples Center. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not sure if they were taping uh, the Honda Center show, but uh, I mean that was a crazy concert. I mean Nikki Six is blowing out. He's got this like 
cannon on the side of his base that's shooting fire out right over my head. Right. And at the same time, they're dropping uh, confetti on the audience. Mm. So is it catching fire? Is it- yeah. It's like a total great white. Uh, oh, scenario no. <laughs> just a nice mixture ready yeah. to happen just burn an arena down and then he goes into this fucking tony robbins spiel about <laughs> you, you can do whatever you want to do and you can be like what come on man just shut up and play kickstart my heart <laughs> i don't want to hear nikki six doing motivational speech. don't let your dreams be dreams yeah it was like like, like shia labeouf <laughs> come on man you know I'm, he died once right yeah i'm okay. gonna take advice yeah, from you yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he'll t- if you don't know he'll tell you over and over and, over. and I'm, I'm sorry no heroin junkie ever kept a diary that's a bunch of horse shit uh, yeah i mean i He's like a B version of Gene Simmons. Uh, Very much so. Uh, you know. Cut from the same cloth. Just spew the bullshit. Mm. And, uh, you know, I mean, I guess it's believable. To I mean, some people. I did like The Dirt. That's a great it's book. It's a great book, but I question how much of it's real. I mean, I can't imagine they remember things two days after they did them. Mm-mm. Let alone, you know, 20, 30 years it's all coming back now i think molly crew yeah. should not so much be rewarded for like the material they've put out post 1988 other than the 94 album with karabi but they should be more they should be admired more for the fact that they're all still alive because i didn't no one would have expected that back in the day well i don't know if mick mars is alive no one's told but him technically yet, he died we shared a moment at the concert like when they do the curtain call he didn't move two feet on stage for two hours i mean he literally yeah, that dude's just, got he's got some serious back problems oh you felt yeah. so sorry for him you're just yeah. looking at him go this can't be fun for this guy but no. i guess he has a couple divorces and yeah so and he he just looked at me mm-hmm. for a second and he just went like gave me the devil horn sign but he was looking just at me wow and it, wow. Was, it, was, it was really neat <laughs> that's pretty cool but he's got no whites in his eyes like mm-hmm. you don't it's like it's like that glassy dark eye look. yeah it's yeah. like the weird out, out of the hundreds of people in his eyesight at that moment he just locked in on me <laughs> i thought laser beams were gonna come out of his, yeah like, <laughs> all right that, well, that's a definite moment to, it really yeah, was that's pretty cool that. even the girl i was with was like you know he's staring at you right now I'm like, no way and it's, just like, <laughs> it's, it's like when i met rupaul uh, a couple weeks ago like, oh you did it was I don't get starstruck often. That one, though. No. Uh, I was walking around the Grove, which is a outdoor shopping center in L.A., and I saw him. That's where I met Gene and Paul, actually. Yeah, yeah. it's a big. Uh, yeah, you know, it's a popular celebrities love it. I had a book signed for him there. Yeah, so. they did that. Oh, really? That, uh, yeah. Nothing to lose book when that came out. Yeah. When was this? Uh, a couple of years ago, like three, maybe three, four. At years the ago. Barnes and Noble. Yeah, at the Barnes and Noble. Yeah, there. yeah, and it's. It's great uh, celebrity sighting, and it's celebrities of all levels, you know, from Lorenzo Lamas to RuPaul to, uh, <laughs> and uh, I just saw him, and I, it, I couldn't move. Like I was like, it's <laughs> RuPaul. Yeah, Whoa. so I just went up to him because he was dressed as a man. Yeah, and uh, I was like, "Hey, I'm I'm your biggest fan because I love that show. It's oh, so really? ridiculous." <laughs> and he just took my hand, and he he didn't speak. He just mouthed. Thank you, my son. And it's like, like similar to your Desmond child. Yeah, no, yeah, it's it was like, like, yeah, it's like kiss the ring. Yeah, but he was cool. He wasn't a dick. <laughs> no, that's no. cool. That's, so, that's neat. almost uh, ethereal or something. It's kind of yeah. strange, but neat. Yeah, I mean, that's well, weird. in LA, like I'm sure Nashville, you see music, famous musicians every day. Uh, the here. craziest thing is most of the musicians I see are uh, guys that used to live here back in the day, and now they moved. They all moved to Nashville. Well, it's uh, Mars included. 
He he lives there now. Isn't he doing something with Karabi? Uh, well, that I can help clear that up. Yeah. He he's been doing a solo album for a couple of years, and like it got marketed that it was going to be something with him and Karabi, but that's not the case. John wrote like two songs with Mick that may or may not make the album, and Mick's doing the rest of it on his own. But um, and I I talked to Karabi at a show in Nashville like about a year ago. And I was like, so what's the deal with this? I mean, is it going to come out or what? And he said, I, he said, you'd have to ask Mick because he basically got to a point where Mick has enough money to where he can take his sweet time on anything he does. And But John Karabi cannot. And uh, the Dead Daisies thing presented itself to him, and he kind of had to run with it. He's like, Mick, I, I can't wait around. I have to go on tour. And... Mick was cool with it, but he was like, if, you know, if we get back together and do work more great, otherwise just go on and do it without me. Right. So that's where it stands, but hopefully it comes out soon. But yeah, Mick's living just outside of Nashville right now. It's gotta be so tough for guys from that era to release new material. It's like, who wants to hear it? Like I do. I do. But like, you know, you like know. Piercy, uh, mm-hmm. his new albums being released in stages on iTunes, which I, like I don't what- understand. Like, why not just release the whole thing? That's the new model, like, because it's not a whole album thing anymore. Like, uh, you're going to see people just only releasing EPs from here on out, I think. Because I like the new material I from Piercy. Yeah, I, I, I think it's some yeah. of the best stuff he's done. Because some of those uh, albums he would release, like, a few years ago, it sounded like literally they were recorded in my asshole. Like, <laughs> like they were like, I, I don't know, they weren't using Pro Tools. It was like... Kind of a muffled, but you, but you may have charged really cheap hourly rates in your asshole. Well, I'm a big fan of Stevens, so I, I rented out my uh, cinnamon ring for uh, just a couple of autograph pictures. Uh, but now I'm assuming Rat's going to put out a new album, or they're working on it. Apparently, three member. I, that's dude, a, that's a whole different that's a whole saga. But I like I'm such a rat. We actually, talk about a little. Well, you're little holding Lexi Mike Wallace knuckles. Early. The, yes, are, those are Stephen Piercy Mike knuckles. It's, uh, one of the few uh, sponsors of Inappropriate Earl. Uh, thank you, Stephen Piercy, for uh, providing Mike knuckles for this show. <laughs> I met him at a parking lot in the valley, and it was like a drug deal. But <laughs> <laughs> he, he puts yeah. out this cloth on his car, <laughs> oh, and he's like, well, "Which model do you want?" I'm like, "Oh, I don't know, dude. I just I'll take a couple, two or three of them." And he just dumps this whole box. It's like, oh, "I'll take this," but he couldn't have been any nicer. Like, yeah, he seems like a cool uh, guy. I know that the cops uh, stop you. What are you buying? Yeah, I'm Mike Knuckles. Mike Knuckles. Your interview with him was was really good. Well, thank you. You know, like. He was chewing gum the whole time. Well, yeah, that's that's him. Because a lot of people are like, you know, Earl, I think there's something wrong with your mics. I'm like, no, <laughs> oh, it's mics work fine. <laughs> it's just, and he is my favorite singer of all time. Yeah. I, you know, I just, you know, you put on any Rat CD or his Vertex or Arcade, and you know that's Stephen Piercy. Oh, yeah, no one sounds like him. Um, and some people might think that's good or bad. Uh, I, I love his vocals. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll say this: when he plays the whiskey, mm-hmm. he uh, he has like a residency at the whiskey, but it's only like one show every four months. Okay, <laughs> but he puts he puts in an effort, which is all I want. Right? Uh, you know, he seems to have fun. His his crowd work he might need me as a writer because it's mm-hmm. pretty much just like, yeah, I think I fucked a few of your moms in here. Oh no, we're gonna go in to lay it down now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right segue. But he's having fun though. <laughs> And I really wish I could, 
You should write some jokes for him, though. That would be pretty entertaining. <laughs> Hand him a notebook. Here's some new material. Yeah, Steve, listen, here's what you're going to say right before Way Cool Jr. And then just... Probably my favorite story of him is, like, he invites me backstage and backstage at the Whiskies. I, I, this sounds like an Eddie Trunk, like, I, I, I. Uh, uh, but backstage at the Whiskey is the business office. So it's not... It's not like a different... It's not like the Forum Club at the yeah. Forum. It's just... Pretty much a couple desks and uh, it's not that glamorous. No, <laughs> there's like a hundred people in this room. I walk in, he sees me, he shuts the whole room down and says, Hey, everyone, this is my best friend and my favorite comic ever. And he just starts staring at me. He forgot my name. <laughs> I'm like, Steven, it's Earl. Earl. Uh, he's like, Earl. Merle. Merle. I'm not, no, it's. Earl. He's like, Burl. And uh, it turned into like this bizarre... Merle Stakel. Yeah, improv game. And the same thing <laughs> happened at his book signing. Oh, shit. At Book Soup, which is like a legendary uh, L.A. bookstore. It's uh -huh. just right up the street. And uh, I called up there at uh, 11, because I figured there's no way he's getting there at 11 a.m. on a Saturday. No. And uh, he was. Really? And I'm like, well, is it crowded there? And the guy on the phone's like, no, get here. Uh, and I got there, and you know, they have... You buy the book, mm. and then they put your name on a post-it on the first page. So he just opens it up, and he's like, what's your name, man? I'm like, oh, Earl, I'm a big fan. Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, nice to meet you, Merle. I'm like, Jeez. no, it's it's actually Earl. He's like, oh, great, Earl. And I'm like, what is this, uh, Saturday <laughs> Night Zone. Live sketch? <laughs> and uh, But he was so, he's always been nice to me. Mm. So, uh, you know, I've, I'd heard some horror stories about, uh, you don't, you don't want him on your couch. He, he could not have been any nicer. Yeah, I mean, he seemed he came off really cool on, on the interview. Well, you know, he's not bitter, like which I love, like or he's a fun bitter yeah. where he's like, hey, you know, I've sold millions of records. We had a nice run. I still get to play music. I'm good. Yeah. Versus someone like say Mr. Blotzer, who has uh, oh, rejected God. my. Uh, oh, you tried getting him on. You know I. I thought I sent him a real nice uh, email saying, hey, I'm a big fan, which I am. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not anymore, but like, you know, I'd love to get your side of the story. All right. And he basically said in two sentences, fuck you. Really? You had Steven on and you uh -huh. did a joke about me, which I did do a lighthearted joke to Steven. And it was something along the lines but of... But at the same time, were you like, he listened to the show? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not Joe Rogan hey, here. I need it. the fucking listeners. Uh, and I think the joke was something along the lines of, uh, I mean, Stephen, how important is the drama, really? And that's it. It's just a... No. It's, like, it's not the most complimentary thing to say, I guess, but... Yeah. That was uh, enough, to, enough to knock him off of that. I mean, I would say the drummer and Rat is the least important. Uh, yeah. I'd agree. You know, the, there goes my interview. But no. Right, oh, sorry, but well, Bobby's <laughs> probably not listening to this podcast anymore. Maybe he is. He might be. Uh, but I don't mean that as a... I'll say this. I think he's the perfect drummer for Rat. Like, he gets it. Yeah, I mean, he was part of that sound. Um, you know, the guy they have now, Greg... Was it Greg D'Angelo that's yes. going to play with him? I know uh, he plays with Steven's solo band, but I don't know if he's actually he is. in as the new drummer. He's, uh, he's I think a, he is. He's okay. a group drummer now. And he played with uh, White Lion. Yeah, and I he's great. Mm -hmm. And know, actually, he was an Anthrax very early on. Oh, really? Before Charlie Bonante. He was, oh, wow. He, he was Anthrax's drummer. I mean, I like him. Uh, yeah, he's a great drummer. And you could tell the, uh, the three surviving members of Rat, you know, when they turn around and they see Greg back there, they're fucking happy. Yeah, he's good. Like... 
but you could tell they're just God Blotzer. Yeah, he's also not Blotzer. Uh, <laughs> you know, Cavazzo, he just does his thing on the other yeah. side of the stage. So, but and I will say, and I I've told I've had a lot of conversations with friends that you know they they they're you know trash talking Blotzer quite a bit, and I think he's probably as a human he seems like a train wreck. But I will say. But they're bashing his drumming too, and I'm not. I'm not going to say the guy is Mike Portnoy or anything, but he's a perfectly capable drummer from that era. He's not bad. I would not say he's a bad drummer. No, I mean I think he's perfect for Rats yeah. type of music. But like, there's a lot of people bashing his playing now, and I think it's they're basing that off his personality. And you know the uh, the you know like awarding the the four guys in in his version of Rat Platinum Records that was ridiculous. It's like I, I, I mean, I when guess I, it's kind of cool. Like if you're the, I'm but, a big fan. Do I get one? Yeah, because <laughs> I have as much right to one as they did. All the fucking uh, promotion I've done for Rat over the yeah, years. Yeah, you deserve one too. I definitely deserve you one. You should, you should start your own version of Rat in the next couple of weeks. Uh, well, it's possible. I mean, there's there's stranger cover bands out there. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, but now he can't play. Uh, he can't call it the Rat Experience. He can't. I don't think he can use Rat in any. I guess not. Uh, Mark, so he can't call it the Rat Experience. He he's got to call it like start a band called Mouse or something. So. Yeah, well, I, Roden, <laughs> Roden, yeah, Roden. You yeah, you could do that. But I think uh, I don't know if. Uh, Piercy D. Martini and Crochet. But see, I don't know if they can use the name yeah. either. I mean, I think right now they can. Yeah, but, but in a week. Yeah, it could change. Yeah. Because Bobby's, in some fashion, he's got a, a right to, to it somehow, I think. Or at least in the courts, he might. It well, all depends on what they decide. Because I would imagine if, if they send out rat promotional material for whatever, wherever they're playing in a couple months and then Blotzer wins, all right. they'd have to like... Get rid of all the billboards or I don't, whatever. It's such a mess. That's a scrap all the Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen because then he's going to fire back at them. So I don't know. It's a complete uh, soap opera. It's just so sad. Like, it's like, can't you guys just fucking get along? Yeah, there's money to be made. Just get along and play. Yeah, I mean, Blotzer's not going to make any money without Piercy. I mean, no. everyone wants to hear Piercy. No offense to the guys in the Bobby Blotzer experience. No, some of them are really good players. I mean, Mitch Perry's fucking Mitch Perry. amazing. And then Brad Lang was great with Y&T. I mean, I saw him with Y&T last year. Yeah. Yeah, great bass player. So I'll give him uh, that. He did yeah, get... Oh, he's got great musicians in the band. It's just it's just not Rat. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound like Martini. No. And yeah, and Warren's got a very identifiable style. Yeah. yeah like nobody plays lead guitar like he does. And he he doesn't get the credit. He uh, no, I've always said he's one of the most underrated players from that era. You never hear his name. Though, never. Right? He then he should come up with the guitar gods from that era. Oh, absolutely. George Lynch gets brought up way more than Warren D. Martini ever gets brought up. And uh, I mean, obviously, Van Halen, Miles. Well, yeah, Stein, the, those uh, are the ones that go without saying. Uh, but you never. I think it's because. Uh, Vinny, uh, well, I mean, it, well, it's kind of true for both Vinny and Warren, like especially in Rat's gay pirate era, you know, where they were wearing those. That's a good way of describing it. Like that lay it like down the, video. Oh, yeah. It's pretty bad. You know, where yeah. Steven, uh, he looks like he's just came off the Pirates of the Penzance uh, fucking shoot. And that little kid, it's real creepy when he's closing his eyes, just kind of going like this. And like. <laughs> But that kid's in a commercial right now. Is he? He's, he's like 40. Okay, you're a real fan if you know this. Holy well, no, but... <laughs> what commercial is he in? It's like 
He's on a bench. It's like a Forrest Gump, not parody, but he's like sitting there. I think it's the, it's not Doritos, but the second I saw it, I'm like, Jesus, that's the kid from the Lay It Down video. Because he looks, how do he you looks know exactly that? The same. It, it is. I it, have to check this. Out. It's just the eye. Uh, it's it's that guy. It, it's there's no way this is anyone else on earth. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if his oh IMDb page is that yeah. commercial and then and the, the, lay it down, <laughs> the lay it down video? Yeah, took it, thirty years off. And I don't even think they uh, like. I was on IMDb for ten years with one credit. Which one? Bench warmers. Bench warmers. Yeah. yeah, you're the guy that throws up. Yeah, porta potty guy. <laughs> Port- yeah, and then literally it was Earl Skakel. Porta potty guy, bench warmers, and then the contact us button for you to send your IMDb credits in. Like, mm-hmm. and now it's like I've got a you know you, you got a fair amount of credits. Yeah. Uh, thank you, roast battle. Yeah, uh, you know roast yeah. battles like been amazing to me. So uh, it's been fun to watch you take off like yeah, man. I mean, it's uh, this business. Uh, it's uh, it's really not how funny you are. Mm. No, it's not. <laughs> really? Not really. I mean, it's based on your TV credits. So, uh, oh wow, you know, like some of the funniest people I know, you'll probably never hear from, like because they just they're socially awkward and yeah, mm-hmm. uh, they don't. Uh, you know, I the minute roast battle aired, I had managers and agents calling me, Errol. We've always been a big fan. It's like, well, really. Yeah, so really? TV credibility <laughs> means a lot. Well, hook daddy up. Can you get Gene Simmons on my fucking podcast? And you know, we'll start small. I uh, wish you luck, small. but I'm going to be mad at you if you beat if you beat beat me to him. But I don't want to like, <laughs> I, like I don't want like I would love it if we both got him. Like, uh, I would say he's never appeared on a podcast, not a, a music related one at all. He's done like, uh, he's done a few. I think but, yeah. if he's pitched it the right way, like I, I don't want to mention the gym, but uh, I go to the same gym has uh, his family, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I, I did a I was punked once doing a comedy show where this uh, girl said, "Hey, can you fill fill in for me?" Uh, I'm like, "Yeah, sure." What in you know I'm a detail freak. I know you probably wouldn't surmise that, but I'm like, well, "Where is it? What? How much time?" She's like, "Well, I can't tell you that." You just go to this address. They're going to meet you there, and then they're going to take you to another address, and that's where the show is. And that's well, that's that's kind of weird. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I do it. I go to the first address. I meet this fucking gorilla. He, he takes me into the Clive Davis uh, Theater, and I thought, wow, this is a weird place for an open mic. And they wouldn't let me in. I saw and, a picture from yeah what talking, about. and I could hear hundreds of people on the ins- inside of the theater. I'm like. Then I hear my name called. And ladies and gentlemen, your headliner for the evening, Earl Skakel. I rush up to the stage, uh-huh. which was all curtained off. So I saw nothing until I got to the foot of the stage. And it was Gene Simmons sitting on the stage with an empty chair next to him. And uh, the host of the show was like, all right, interview him for 10 minutes. So and how, it's, did, the, how did this come about? Um, I think the host of the show used to work on Punked. Okay. And... Uh, it was a great comedy show. Like Bill Burr was on it, uh, and uh, I think like Bert Kreischer, mm-hmm. great comics. And uh, I think it was my buddy's idea of, hey Gene, I know yeah. this guy. He's like your biggest fan. He's okay. Huge Kiss fan. Can we punk him and uh, have him interview for ten minutes? And uh, I, I did not know that. that. Yeah, crazy. It was. It was ama- I saw the photo and I'm like, what is the story behind this? He was so nice. Yeah. And. Uh, 
you know, uh, I so that's my somewhat in with him. I think he would remember that. That was pretty recently, wasn't it? That was about a year ago. Yeah. And uh, I saw his son the other day, Nick, and he he had remembered me, and I just haven't. Did you ask him about Vinny Vincent? I will. No, I asked. I mean, at the, at the thing. So I was so. <laughs> How did you ask? Star, like, I was so flustered, and they were like, Earl, you got 10 minutes, go. And uh, I did ask him about Vinny Vincent. You did? I'm like, Gene, uh, let's just cut through the bullshit. Uh, how did Vinny Vincent get kicked out of the Vinny Vincent invasion? And he just laughed. You know that Gene laugh? Where it's, uh, yeah. It's almost like a Burt Reynolds type of. Really? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I'm like, and then I just. Got a little flustered in like, uh, did Michael James Jackson, did he really drop the mics in the elevator shaft for the drum sound? Did he have answers for this? Yeah, he was great. Like he appreciated, like, I think he knew like this guy is not just a fan. He's yeah, he knows his stuff. somewhat knowledgeable. And he's like, do you have any more questions? And I'm like, uh, did Bill Coin ever pick up on you in the studio at any point in time? And, and he's like, oh, you know that too. And uh, so that's the only way. I have an in over anyone else's. That would be cool. If you uh, well, I, but he'd have to come here. See, I don't. All my guests have to be on this couch. That's non-negotiable. It, well, yeah. No Skype or anything. Like no that. Skype. I had. I will give this guy a shout out. Ken Mary. Mm -hmm. Oh we, yeah, from Alice Cooper. Uh, he lives in Phoenix, and uh, he's like, dude, I'd love to do. I, I love your podcast. Can we Skype? I'm like, no. He's like, oh. can we do it on phone? I'm like, no. He's like, and I just. So I lost a great, I lose a lot of good interviews. Yeah. Well, mm. And and Aaron and I have kind of, for the most part, gotten to that point where we're, we just want to keep it in person, but we will do the Skype thing. If it's somebody like we were dying to have, we'll do it. But we try to limit that. Like it's, it's rare that we do them over Skype. Like, well, the, we did the thing, the rat thing with Lexi Lawless, like, you know, a month ago. Right. And that was through Skype because he lives here, but it was like, he, you know, had mentioned on Twitter that he likes the show. And I'm like, I gotta grab this while I can, and 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 it's been great. We hung out with him today. Yo, he's, he's, uh, he's a super nice guy. I see him in all the Piercy shows. I uh, figure, yeah, because he's a true rat fan. It's so weird to like see this Olympic level athlete <laughs> yeah. at the whiskey. Yeah, no one it. knows who he is but me because he looks completely different. Uh, you know. Oh uh, yeah, the, yeah. All, the long hair is gone. The guy is no so freaking feet. tall. Yeah, and he was. We were standing next to him. It's like he, he and I are about the same height, and this guy is just like a tree. Yeah. So he's but he's so nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. He now he got he did get pestered by a few people for autographs today. Oh really? Oh, yeah. He was like there were some soccer fans there that knew who he was. And yeah. uh, it's just funny to see someone like uh, that level of yeah athletics be a rat fan. Yeah, he loves them too. Like he he really knew his stuff. Like he was schooling us on stuff. Yeah, I mean he did an article the top ten rat songs, unknown yeah. rat songs. It's like wow, these are some deep cuts. Yeah, Sweet like, Cheater is his number one rat. Yeah. Song. Like, if you're picking that, you really, you really, you are, are a fan. fan. That's a great song. So, yeah, I mean, they don't get credit for you know. I thought they had a better catalog than Motley Crue, but for oh, some yeah. reason, uh, definitely a more consistent one. Like, like by and large, but it's just so weird to me how you know they got off to such a great start, and then almost with each album, it was maybe it's the money. You know, you think they peaked with Detonator? See, that's. I love Detonator. That's like their crazy nights. Yeah, I, I I love the big overproduced sound of it. And Desmond Child was right in the middle of all. That's pretty much a Desmond Child album. Yeah, but that's why I liked Crazy Nights because you not only had uh, Desmond Child writing most of the songs, mm -hmm. but you had Ron Nevison. Yeah, and he was the production the, doctor of the time. Yeah, yeah. And I think they had waited like 
almost a year and a half to work with him specifically. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they took like over a year off just to get him. Although there's what that one song, Sword and Stone, that he yeah, refused they, that, to put on. That was a mistake. I would have liked to have heard that. Yeah. Uh, there is a good, a decent quality uh, version of that on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, Bonfire ended up doing it. Yeah, on the Shocker soundtrack. Yeah. But now. Love that movie. Uh, oh, it's the best. <laughs> yeah, I would have replaced Bang Bang You with Sword and Stone, without a doubt. I, I kind of like the lyrics to Bang Bang You. My love is like a cannonball. I take an aim and you're gonna fall. If love's a crime, I've got a hundred <laughs> schemes. I'll be your I'll be the villain in your book of dreams. How do two grown men it also teaches you how to count? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just how do two grown men and they're probably at that time, what were they in their late thirties? Oh yeah. Come up with those lyrics. They were approaching middle age when they were writing that stuff. So yeah. And then Paul and uh, When Your Walls Come Down ends with Here Kitty Kitty Here. Uh, here Kitty Kitty. <laughs> I love that album. It gets oh, shit on was, by most I'm Kiss fans. Gonna, oh, no. No, please, please. And ex expunge on your... You don't like no, it. No, we've talked about that song before. That Which one? No, the where you hear kitty kitty. Uh, oh, when Your Walls Come Down. When Your Walls Come Down. We t we've... Yeah. Oh, no, it's got, also got the line, like, I want to wait until I'm really sure. <laughs> I want to love the last forever more. I got my pride. I got my dignity. You'll swallow everything when you're with me. When your walls come down. Another fine solo bite. That might have been. Bruce is great on that album, man. Yeah. And he doesn't get the credit. He probably doesn't want the credit for that album. No, he's proud of it. I mean, I've heard him talk about it before. He's happy with that album. And I know. I think uh, I'll Fight Hell to Hold You is a really underrated tune. I, I like love, Gene's songs. I love that song. Yeah, And uh, Gene's songs are, yeah. yeah, Gene's songs have aged better than Paul's have on that album. And the, the, wasn't It's My Life supposed to be on that as well? It's My Life has like been considered for so many albums by them and ne and, that, and never got put on one, which is stupid because it's one of the best songs they ever wrote. Well, that one, the, the version they put on, uh, was it Psycho Circus? Well, that's what wound up on the box set. They, right, right. They re-recorded right. it for Psycho Circus. Yeah, that's not a... I actually like it. I, just, I like it because it's finished, I guess, and it's a full production. Yeah, um, I'll give it that. But with Peter, or I mean Kevin Valentine's drumming... Uh, yeah, it, does, it doesn't work. And Ace is... Uh, I mean, Vinny's guitar work on that album, Wendy O. Williams album, yeah. uh, it works for that song. That's an unofficial Kiss record. It really is. Yeah, because like, all the guys in the band are on it, and a lot of the songs are written by them. That would have been a great Kiss album. Oh, absolutely. But that was right around uh, Animal Lies. Creatures. Is that, is that Creatures? Well, I thought... Uh, or maybe it came out around Animal Eyes, yeah. I thought it came out around 84. Yeah, I think you're right. And then... Uh, but a lot of the songs were written during Creatures. Yeah, I mean... Like uh, Legends Never Die was a, was was written for Creatures. Oh, really? Mm hmm I would let you know that. I was... What did you... What did you guys feel about the box set by Kiss? Because I thought it was a little limp, to be it honest was. with you. It was. It, I was underwhelmed by it. It was too much officially released stuff. There was like not, right. there was not enough deep stuff on there. Like it, they should have gone the Beatles route and done a whole bunch of unreleased stuff. It's fine to get regular stuff that like you already know, but you should be able to get a lot of stuff that you haven't really dug into before. Those so. guys have never marketed to their diehard fans. They have always marketed to the general public. And it's like that they're not the ones buying the fucking no, box set. It's us buying that stuff. 
I mean, I don't mean to take credit for uh, getting Time Traveler on there, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, how, do you, how did you get Time Traveler? I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you guys a story, and maybe I'm full of myself and have an ego like certain other uh, radio uh, jockeys, okay, but... Uh, trunk. Jerry's, <laughs> Jerry's Deli, Beverly Hills, it's no longer there mm -hmm. because they had too many gang shootings there. Oh. Uh, it's crazy. But th there was a hotel next door that all the rappers would go to. So they would all go to Jerry's Deli late night. And there was mm -hmm. the Beverly Hills uh, police was, uh, I think they forced Jerry's Deli to shut down. I do apologize about the What's various sounds. <laughs> uh, I have switched over to all Apple products, I so that. when I I don't know how to mute them when oh, okay. someone pages me, I, I get uh, three different. Uh, I kept hearing a ka-ching. I thought Gene Simmons was uh, coming right. around the corner here. So. Well, we get charged every time we mention Kiss. Oh, so that's what it was. Yeah. So this uh, podcast has cost me five hundred dollars right oh, now. Okay, but I, I so I walk into Jerry's Deli one night with my girlfriend at the time. Uh, I'll just say Shelly B. Okay. Who manages uh, co-manages Motorhead? Oh, nice. uh, neat! And she's awesome uh, with Todd Singerman, and uh, we go in there one night, and she had she had helped manage Kiss around their uh, convention tour in '96. Yeah, uh, where they would go to like out here was the Burbank Hilton. Mm -hmm. that, that's the one where Peter came out. Yeah. Oh, I was so tired that fucking day. Oh, really? I, when he came out, I wasn't even excited anymore. Really? Uh, it was really hot that day. Like unbelievably hot for Los Angeles. It was about 100 degrees. They wouldn't let anyone in. So we were all in the parking lot for like two hours. Just roasting. Yeah, oh, it was awful. And then we get up there and they're just letting everyone in. People who didn't buy tickets. And like, it was just a fucking free for all. Uh, it was like a soccer stadium. They just were overwhelmed. God. And uh, I don't blame that on Shelly. But uh, so when Peter came out, I was like, I don't really care anymore. Um, but we uh, go into Jerry's Deli. We see Paul and Tommy Thayer. Uh, eating uh, whatever they were eating, and he, Paul had signaled for Shelly to come over, uh, and the small talk ensues. And Shelly looks at Paul and goes, "You know, this is the guy you should ask what should be on your box set." <laughs> oh, no kidding! Oh. And Paul kind of looked at me like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say this, but he definitely was thinking it of. Uh, I'm a legend. Who are you to tell me what I should put on my box set? All right. And so I looked at him and I'm like, Paul, I know what you're thinking. I'm the guy that's going to buy it. And he said, well, I can't do an impression of him. He said, well, what would you like to hear? I'm like, you know, there's that Desmond song, uh, you guys, Desmond Child song, you guys did Time Traveler. I, it's kind of been floating out there in the ether. A lot of people want to hear it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just saying it ended up on the box hey, set. It might have been part cool. of the reason why. I and think it's a cool song. Well, you know, the uh, auto drumming on it's a little. Yeah, I mean, you could tell it's a demo, but if they had fleshed it all the way out it yeah been really great uh when did you see the video on youtube somebody put together with that song and they did it through the history of kiss but they started with current day and went all the way back to the beginning no it's you showed great, you showed me that video that was really video. neat oh, really? yeah, yeah that's a cool video oh please it's, do it's, it's yeah really it's cool. neat and it even just like shows the years it, the the numbers come up on the screen it's really awesome well i've seen some cool fan videos of uh they'll play like four different versions of deuce and it'll be oh, vinnie yeah. playing it mm -hmm. mark mark st john uh mm -hmm. and it, that's kind of like wow you got a lot of time on your hands when you're yeah <laughs> to be able to do all that yeah. especially for like the mark st john footage yeah 
Is there is there footage? There's of no. <laughs> uh, I guess it's audio footage. Uh, oh yeah, he he did they like just he did like two photos shows up with on him. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah. I think he did uh, one full show in Binghamton, Binghamton, New York, Red and Burn Arena, mm-hmm. and then and a partial uh, in Baltimore. Right, did half a show in Baltimore. Uh, which uh, I'm really. Why super- do I know this? I know because we're all <laughs> you know way more. <laughs> Why do I know it? Uh, but I would lo- like I would have liked to seen like maybe a live song from that one of those two at concerts on the box set. Yeah. Something like, I mean, how many studio albums does Kiss have? Oh. I mean, I know it's hard to even say because they have so many fucking... Maybe 20. That's it? Now, now it's going to bug me. Well, yeah. it's Let's at, say 25. But 20 to 25. Yeah, something like that. And you got to figure they have... And then 50 compilations. Right. The eight, 12, greatest, <laughs> yeah. 12 greatest hits albums yeah. with the same fucking songs. Oh, yeah. Every time. But they just release them in different order. like and, Or they'll throw two sides of the coin on one. Right. Yeah, and it's like, okay, so now you got to buy it. And I do. I oh, buy. I, do. I buy them all too. But a fucking remasters. Yeah, I did too. New books in there. New photos. New stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You add one thing to it, and then we all have to buy it again. I mean, the only remastered where I now I have virtually no musical ear uh, were the the Creatures of the Night remaster. Like mm-hmm. I really like. Wow, the drums sound amazing on yeah. this. Uh, the others, I was like, oh, sounds like shit I already have. Well, remastering you can only do so much. I mean, you need to remix if you want it. Like they, what Ezrin did with Re- with Destroyer Resurrected. I mean, that was that? all right. But that's like a full remix. You can tell that he he changed a lot on that. Remastering, you can really just EQ the hell out of something. That's about it. Because the drums on uh, the remastered creatures, you really get an appreciation for Eric Carr. Yeah. Like it was a kick in the. I mean, I, there's no way Peter Chris could have done those. No, no, uh, not at all. I mean, he was busy making Let Me Rock You. Well, a classic in its own right. Well, I'm trying to get Steve Stevens on because a lot of people don't realize he was on the first Peter Chris uh, mm-hmm. solo album and he probably doesn't want to talk about it. Out of Control? It. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I just would love to get... Although Vinny wrote a song on Let Me Rock You. Tears, Tears. right? Yeah. Which John Wade... John Wade had a radio hit with. Yeah. I, I mean, like Peter's version better, honestly. You know, it's tough. I like both. I like them both, but I think Peter's is actually a better performance. Peter, that song was real good for his voice. Yeah, well, that was 1980. You figure the, the cocaine hadn't blown out his fucking vocal uh, abilities at that time. And then... Uh, Did you... Well, you grew up here, right? Yeah. Did you get to see um, Balls of Fury perform? I saw... Or was it Balls of Fury? Was that the, or was that the name of a movie? Balls no. of Fury is a movie. That's that that gay porn. Walking. No, it was a, it was a no, it was his band, wasn't it? The band he had in the eighties. I saw him there play Balls of Fury. I think <laughs> with uh, I, I, it was really sad. It was at Club Lingerie, uh-huh. which is in West Hollywood. Uh, it's like the back club of a gay nightclub. Okay, and uh, I saw him play with one of the Donato brothers. Uh, oh, it wasn't Balls of Fury. No, but. He did a he did um he did an album with uh with Mark St. John. It was called the, it was a band called The Keep. Right. Was it that was cuz yeah, with the guys from White Tiger. It was like David Donato was singing for it. It was right after he put that uh Peter Chris put out that album with half of his face oh, and no, makeup. Oh, okay. That was like when Cat Number 1 was out. Right. Yeah. Um and it was so sad. Yeah. It was I me. saw I saw the well the next tour, the one he did with Ace, I saw. The Bad Boys. Yeah. I saw that at the House of Blues. Okay, that was a good show. It was pretty good. I mean, uh, Ace was doing, you know, as a comic, uh, 
I don't like to see non-comics branch out into my world. Uh, and Ace was telling some pretty bad jokes. Oh, yeah. He's got a <laughs> reputation for that. But like real mood killers. Like you're kind of getting into it. They're playing the songs relatively faithful to the Kiss sound. And uh, Ace would just bust out, hey, uh, how does Sinead O'Connor part her hair? She squats. <laughs> just, oh, wow. But like it had nothing to do with like... It was almost as bad as the David Lee Roth dog video. Like, mm -hmm. uh, okay, uh, we're going to go into Parasite now. It's like, how do I react to this? Yeah, it's like, oh. Uh, <laughs> His whole room's just sort of dead. I like, think uh, when I saw him, he did. He had a joke. It was something like, uh, why did the monkey fall out of the tree? Because it was dead. <laughs> <laughs> and he would just laugh and laugh, and, and he's like the only one in the room laughing. Although I did uh, <laughs> see him... Uh, I think last March it played at the uh, Saban Theater, yeah. which is where Rack got signed. Mm. So it was like kind of neat for me anyway. To uh, the great Bobby Rock got me uh, in. Just had him on the show. He's yeah. awesome. Just released our interview with him this morning. Actually, is his and now let's get and that. And that's a all, that's uh, albums unleashed for all systems go. He, his attention to detail is mind blowing. To yeah, me. he had awesome stories for us. Uh, wh where can people listen to that interview? Decibelgeek.com. And you guys know me. I don't like to promote other people's podcasts because I'm, I'm Jewish and I'm from Beverly Hills. <laughs> yeah, but please become fans of these guys. Oh, thanks. Because it's a great... No, I mean, you, way before I met... Well, I've never met you guys before. Yeah, but, well, we met online. Years <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. But I've been a fan of yours. And, pretty uh, early on. I, we put up the first Vinny specials, and I think I heard from you just a couple of weeks later on Twitter, I think. Yeah. And you were like, awesome Vinny stuff, and that's how we got... And then... Like a few weeks after that, you're like, I'm starting a podcast. So I was like, that's great, man. You guys are like, great. No, no, I was, I was supportive. <laughs> no, you were. Um, you know, because I was like, well, I want to. Podcasts are a great way for comics to like build a. Oh, a, for comedy. A weird it's, fan base. It's been a huge thing for the comedy. Community. It's been amazing to me. And yeah. like, obviously, I, I've listened to Marin and I've listened to, you know, listened to yours a couple of times. So. Well, no, yeah. thank, I mean, Marin's is like. Well, he's top of the mountain. His was like, yeah. the, I think the, you know, he was told not to do it. His manager at the time was like, yeah. don't start it's a podcast. You'll never make idea. any money. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then. Uh, he didn't like, have much choice. Yeah. It's all like, he well, had going on. I'm not making any money now, so uh, let me fuck do, it. Let's do it. Let me do something else that's not going to make me money. And, uh, so he was like a, a, not a mentor, but whatever. Uh, yeah, but I mean, his success was purely by accident, as far as you know, from what he had planned. Yeah, I mean, uh, and Rogan is. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's know. done great for himself too. What I love about Rogan's podcast is he. You you would think he would just talk about the UFC and and, talks about and everything. Uh, you know just sports, and he gets into some of the weirdest. Uh, oh, he had he went on for a 20 minute jag with james hetfield over fucking beekeeping yeah and i was like where the hell else are you gonna hear this yeah and it's like he gets into veganism and, and like, then like my friend and i were texting back and forth when hetfield went on a marin show like a week later and i was like and he was like he, he sent me a text he's like good interview with marin on on what the fuck and 
And I was like, yeah, but no hot beekeeping talk. I was, <laughs> I was disappointed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I knew you were going to ask about the beekeeping. Because, <laughs> I mean, I keep the subjects on this podcast fairly. Oh, we, uh, we've been so all over the place since it, we started. And, but I, that's, how, I mean, I don't know about you guys. Like, But it's fun that way. I don't plan questions. No, I don't usually either. I'll have like maybe a list of bullet points of things I want to touch on with certain people, but I don't like have those questions written out or anything. You know, like with Bobby Rock, like he came over and... You know, I said, no, I'll start with Vinny and then uh, you know, <laughs> probably end with Vinny, yeah, to be honest. That's pretty you. much what happened. <laughs> yeah, because his attention to detail, like, he's one of the, because he's like Mr. Health now. Oh, yeah. Uh, he looks amazing. He still looks as, as good as he did back in the 80s. And he posts those videos of him at like four in the morning at the airport hotel. Uh, Just pumping iron. Pumping. It's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Beast. He's, yeah. Yeah, and he's a vegan. He's just, yeah, he's all about the health well it shows yeah he's and, taking good care of himself um because lita ford was opening for ace yeah and uh you know it was an interesting uh to see bobby rock's body and then ace's oh, yeah ace is not not so much Ace looked like a pygmy man he had that fucking belly that uh, the only thing i can the positive on that though is it tells me that ace isn't drinking anymore because i think he's switched from booze to food as far as his addiction you know, I'll, 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 he didn't appear to be wasted. I'll give him that. He seems more loose. I wouldn't be surprised if he smokes weed and stuff like that. But I don't. I don't get the impression he still drinks. I think he's actually off the booze. Um, I mean, the bummer is the drummer sang half the songs. Scott Coogan. He's great. Yeah. I'm not really going. I mean, yeah, but I don't want to hear Ace doing Love Gun. It's like we don't. You know, don't play. I want to hear Fraley's Comet stuff. Yeah, I want to hear. Bring back Todd Howarth. Yeah. He's probably not. He's doing a San Diego guy. You should get him on. Well, he's got to come here. Well, he, I'm sure he comes into LA from time to time. Yeah, I mean, I you know I get a fair amount of no's, but I don't get detoured too much. You know, I mean, uh, Myron Grumbacher. Who I met him today. I saw. Yeah, yeah. I uh, reached out to him, and maybe not the best way. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> well, I think I may have heard this story. I can't remember. I, I you know. I don't think what I did was out of the line, but so he sells uh, very high end Porsches in Woodland Hills now mm-hmm. um, as his main gig, I guess. He probably makes more money doing that than he did uh, with Pat Benatar. Uh, yeah. Neil Geraldo took all the money. Well, I, Geraldo's a maniac. I had Roger Caps on, the bass player. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that was a great interview. He, he was. To get to get that to guy see, had stories. Yeah, I mean he's yeah. uh, an amazing. Like he was awesome. He and, was uh, to to get to sing "Shadows in the Night" with him playing his guitar. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. That's why I do this podcast, just to have a moment like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, That's the stuff you take with you. So I had reached out to Mr. Grumbacher. There's a comedy site called Funny or Die where comics do a lot of uh, funny videos, mm-hmm. parodies. I love Funny or Die. Yeah, they're great, and they're it cool. has a comic. If you get a popular video on that site, you can, it just helps. Yeah. Um, so I had uh, reached out to him for a, a video idea where I go in to buy a Porsche. Uh, we take a test drive. And uh, at the beginning of the video, I say to him, hey, man, uh, I'm going to need some music to get me in the mood. Mm-hmm. And Myron Grumbacher would pull out, in theory, a Pat Benatar CD, puts it in, hit me with your best shot comes on mm-hmm. we do the test drives shots of us yucking it up we pull into the dealership and he looks at me and goes what'd you think i'm like i'll take the car it's great 
But that drummer sucks. (laughs) (laughs) But clearly, I'm a fan. And you proposed this to him. I did. And um, come off well. (laughs) I'll give him this. He did get back to me. He said, I'll have to think about it. I think he thought I was clowning him. Yeah. And uh, Roger, uh, I told Roger that story, and uh, he just looked at me and goes, Earl, uh, Myron doesn't have a great sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Kind of fell flat with him, huh? Oh, it bombed. It, yeah. it, it didn't fall flat. It, it never went straight through the fucking floor. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, now, was he nice to you guys? He was real nice. He was great. But, I mean, yeah. I just, of course, I mean, of course, somebody's nice, and I'm like, oh, I love what I love your work. It's so awesome to meet you. I mean, it's not like somebody's going to go, ah, fuck you. Although I guess some people probably would. But no, he was real nice. It was him and, uh, Phil Suzanne standing right. next to each other at a booth. And I'd actually gone to that booth to try to meet uh, Carmine Apiece, who was supposed to be doing a drum thing. And he wasn't even there. And then I'm like, oh, my God, these two are right here. So, yeah. So I was like immediately pestered them. But, no, yeah. I wouldn't think of those two. Like, you wouldn't think of Grumbacher as a rocker, but. Uh, no, they're sitting there just like chatting it up, like catching up on stuff. I guess they know each other from back in the day. But he was really nice. And I brought up Vinnie Vincent. and uh, To, to Myron Grump. Yeah. How did they have uh Myron worked with Vinny on some stuff like very early on in Vinny's career, but I don't know the details. And like a lot of people don't, but like my one of my friends, this guy Rick in Ohio, he's let's say as much as you and I like Vinny, put us together and he he still likes Vinny more than we do. Wow. Yeah. What's uh That's that's uh it's impressive. Yeah. Uh, maybe. And he knows more than either <laughs> of us. Um but he was like and the guy and Myron's from his hometown in Ohio. Okay. And uh, but he was like, he knows like the whole story. But I was like, I asked him today. I, he was signing my poster, and I was like, so did uh, is it true that uh, you worked with uh, Vinny Vincent early on? And he's like, yeah, I helped out Vinny with some songs. And he, but he turned around and he was signing the poster, so it kind of went off into the ether. All right. But because uh, it's so fucking loud in there. Oh yeah. Um. Uh, but he gave me his email address. And so did Phil. So, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll come on and do do an interview with you." Well, maybe I just approached him the wrong way. Yeah, well, yeah, but I, well, I wasn't telling him that I'm gonna, you know, pull a, pull a car over and say that drummer sucks. But, but I would think he. I don't know if he got the humor. I, I, I well, I can tell you he didn't get the humor because <laughs> I'm a huge fan of his, and like I try when I interview someone like that to, uh, like, if I ever am lucky enough to get Gene on. I'm, I can only imagine Gene is sick of oh, I would, talking about Ace and Peter. There's so many oh, questions yeah. that you and I both know that we all want answers to. Yeah, like Mark St. John, yeah. uh, get into that. And he'd probably be like, oh, wow, no one's ever really asked me about that. Yeah, there's that. a lot of those. The, the, I, would, I want an interview. I want someone to sit him down for an hour and a half, even if it's not me. And just ask him all these questions that no one ever asked him instead of, oh, so how'd you come up with the makeup idea? Right. Who gives a fuck? He's answered that question three million times. Yeah, and I think he, like I could tell Don't ask him, him to stick his tongue out. He's just going to say the floor's dirty. That's what he always says. I might ask him to do that, but, and this floor is definitely dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the couch is, uh, Lois has seen more uh, sex than most dogs, uh, but I'm, every. I'm, well, I'm sitting. I'm probably sitting on the best part. I'm getting right? a tetanus shot tomorrow. That's uh, right. Well, you both are in the danger zone on this couch. That's but, all right. You know, uh, I feel good about it. I'm but right. yeah, like with Myron, I would have started off the interview not with Pat Benatar, <laughs> but he <laughs> drummed <laughs> on Kane Roberts' Saints and Sinners. Oh, that's true. Which you wouldn't. That's a very underrated album too. That's a great Bon Jovi album. It is. <laughs> but <laughs> I love I love the material on it. Kane's a good player and a good writer. 
Okay, it's great. He uh, is another no I got. Uh, really? I figured he would have come on here. You know, he was cool. He, he got back to me every time. He's like, uh, can we Skype? And he was <laughs> That's the like, thing is getting people over here. Is the it's story. tough. Uh, but I so prefer it. Um, like with uh, Bobby Rock or, or like Piercy, it just wouldn't have been the same. Or do you ever phone. think of, or do you think of these people that live local? You take take your Zoom digital and go to them. That's, I you know do that a lot. I I've only done one mobile uh, recording, and that was the day uh, Robin Williams died. Uh, oh. Rob Schneider called me up, and I could tell he was crying. You know, they were they start out in San Francisco mm. uh, at the Holy City Zoo, which is like uh, like the Gazaris for stand up in Frisco. And he said, you got to come over right now. And I, I I really want to say, Rob, can you come to me? But it's just, he's not the kind of person you say that to. So I got my Zoom recorder and uh, it just, uh, this was the new Zoom, not the one, not the, and uh, so it, with the newer one, it records the voices individually. Yeah. So it it didn't, uh, because I didn't know what I was really doing. It didn't sound that great. Um. But uh, so that's why I just like having people come over. Yeah. But it is hard. I mean, like someone like Gene Simmons. It really limits. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I just love the talk show almost setting. Like this could have worked with Skype, the three of us. Sure. But it's a lot easier doing it because we can see each other. Right. And you can tell when I'm about to talk and vice versa. Skype is a real pain for that. Because like you talk over people and also it'll cut out sometimes and yeah and like, there's a lot of negative things about that. As much as I wanted to get Kim Mary on, because uh, I love that period of Alice Cooper. Oh yeah, uh, and that's a great band. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, we had Paul Taylor on and he was yeah. in that band. Oh yeah, I mean yeah. that's like uh, Kip Winger. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, who else was uh, Kane? Kane and then uh, then the next album they, they you know Alice always switches yeah, members. Yeah, Eric Dover. No, well, he was that, that like was it? in like the Eric Singer era. Yeah, uh, I think I like Hey Stupid. Yeah, Steve Steele. Like there was another bodybuilding guy uh, with Kane for right. a second. Devlin Seven was uh, I think the bass player either okay. yeah. before or after Winger. Like Raise Your Fist and Yell era. Right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I just like I mean I know I lose. Uh, I have a hard time believing Paul Stanley's going to be on this couch, <laughs> but it's possible. Never know. I mean, uh, I think you know. You just got to get them in the right. If I could meet them at the comedy store and, and give them a little sales pitch, yeah, you know, they'd probably still blow me off. But it still happen. You know, stranger things have happened. He doesn't go on Eddie Trunk, so I, that that's well, good for reasons, both of us. Yeah. There's reasons for that. Yeah. Well, I, I think Eddie, uh, to my knowledge, is basically saying they should stop. Uh, well, he just disagrees with the makeup thing. Oh, the uh, uh, Eric and Tommy. Yeah. You know, yeah. I I don't, but not, and I, that's one thing I will kind of side with Trunk on as far as I, you should be allowed to disagree with that and still be a fan. But, um, but no, I, I think Paul is because he, Eddie thinks that that's the whole reason Paul doesn't like him. But in my opinion, well, there's a, there's another story that goes along with this. Cause like you remember Ace. When they did the VH1 Rock Honors thing a few years ago, and Ace uh, did that tr- that band with uh, Tommy Lee and Rob right. Zombie, and they Slash, did, I think the Slash and Scott Ian, and they did God of Thunder. Well, from what I've heard, Eddie Trunk was the reason Ace was brought into this thing. It was his idea to put this all star band together and have it done because he wanted Ace involved somehow. And then backstage, when Ace shows up, well, two things. Ace shows up and 
sees Slash, and Slash offers him a drink, and Ace takes it and knocks Ace right off the wagon. Slash oh. didn't even know Ace had been on the wagon. So Ace, like, blew his sobriety that night. So he got drunk, was being his old self. So that pissed off Gene and Paul, I'm sure. And then at the same time, when they were all backstage, Eddie was, like, pushing Paul and Gene, and, and Ace is, like, standing right there, and Ace is, like, and uh, Eddie's, like, come on, Paul. You guys can do one fucking song with them. Just come on, man. Just get just do one song. And that really pissed off Paul. Again, because Paul was kind of like, if we do a reunion with this guy, with this guy, it's not going to be because of you. Right. And that, in my opinion, is why Paul doesn't like it. Not because of the makeup thing. I mean, you know, uh, I'll say this about Eddie. Uh, and you guys know this. There's very few people who carry the torch. No, I give him credit for that. For this uh, genre of music. I mean, uh, I think I uh, every now and then I'll listen to a show in the car, uh, and uh, you know the other night he played like Shark Island. Yeah, well that's good stuff. Well, I have a very um, uh, not quite of any Vincent obsession with, uh, <laughs> but uh, they were one of the biggest what could have been bands. You know they, uh, they they were kings of the Sunset Strip. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I heard they pretty much ruled it. I mean, even when I was like eighteen, nineteen years old, I'd see their uh, uh, they were like top spot on the Marquia Casares and. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, that's a band kind of like the click five or like, wh why? I mean, Richard Black, yeah. who, who has, uh, rejected my, uh, advances to get on this podcast. <laughs> That'd be a good interview too. You know, uh, it's, I mean, he was like, I was in the sunset strip in the eighties, but I was a little young to like fully be engorged in it. He was in, he was in it. Yeah, so. I, Axl Rose stole his entire shtick. Well, it's funny you look at the, uh, the whole snake dance where he slid, that That's Richard Black. slithering back and forth. If you look at the uh, video for "Bad for Each Other," which mm -hmm. is, the, I think the uh, well, I think Paris Calling was a, a a video as well. But you definitely see the Axl Rose dance mm -hmm. in that uh, "Bad for Each Other" video. Yeah, and uh, poor Richard Black, who later uh, linked up with the great Bobby Blotzer in Contraband. <laughs> yeah, contraband, yeah. <laughs> Can you, I can't imagine that. Look at the, who was in that band, which uh, is arguably the first super group, and I yeah. use that term loosely. Well, between Blotzer, Shanker, and Tracy Guns, I mean, that's more ego than any band could handle. I mean, the poor girl from the Bangles must have been like, Jesus. No, Vixen. No, I thought, oh, really? Oh, it I thought was, it, it was Cher from Vixen. You're right. See, that's yeah. why <laughs> the podcasts are merging today. Yes. Uh, can you imagine? I mean, according to Blotzer, they never. They didn't play a show together. Well, they didn't. They never like rehearsed or anything. Well, I think they I did. Think they did a show, did they? They did. One, I have the shirt. It's it's. Uh, you know, I have a large collection of '80s metal shirts that I can barely uh, fit into now. But uh, it was L.A. Guns, uh, Rat, and Contraband at Irvine Meadows, which is now uh, Verizon Wireless, mm -hmm. uh, and. Richard Black walked off like the first song. So they did like two songs or something. <laughs> and like, then fuck this. Uh, yeah, he basically was, I'm out. Um, and then uh, like LA Guns and Rat basically uh, finished the show out. It was like yeah. a jam. Uh, well, I think Richard Black's take on it was <laughs> we're doing this super group. And, you know, and then they decided it'd be a great idea to put us on tour with us headlining. He's like, but what purpose does that, you know, they're not going to make contraband look good at all because they want their bands to shine. Right. You know, so he's like, so what the, why am I here? 
And like they, they the, the other guys wouldn't get together and rehearse with him. And he was like, so we not, we're not even going to do anything together. We're just going to show up on stage and suck. So he was just bitter by the time they even got to the first show. But that's a bitter guy is like who I want on this podcast. Well, it's the best stories come from, from bitter people. But, uh, you know, like I said, like with Piercy, he's a, he's a funny bitter. Like, yeah. uh, I think Black would be, uh, you know, a little more fuck this business which Probably i think right. would be fascinating uh i mean they did put out an album in 2006 yeah uh, they put one out last year oh see, i didn't even know about that yeah it's different though it's not it's not quite as good as the old stuff because the one in 2006 had glenn sobel on drums mm-hmm. or is it sobel or sobel i don't know sobel wanna... i think he said yes to doing the podcast, but he's yet to. Uh, okay. You know, I like to just throw it out there. Yeah. Uh, he's amazing yeah, uh, he on is. drums. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's all right for 2006 era. It was like, all right, for an 80s. You know, you could tell it was just Richard and I think the guitar player. Mm-hmm. So it really wasn't Shark Island. Yeah, I think that's still the way it is. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I just think someone who's a history of that. Uh, the Sunset Strip that he's experienced would be just a fascinating interview. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but uh, his, pu- his publicist, how the hell does he have a fucking publicist? Uh, to, uh, basically said I wasn't big enough. Maybe it's him saying he's his publicist. I could be. I could be. Because, you know, Vinny does that. Did he have his voice really high on the phone? There's a girl, as far as I know, but uh, when in Rome. And, uh, yeah. Vinny has Marilyn and De- Mer- Meredith in Department A. <laughs> who answered all his emails for a while well it Pick, picks up a different phone like to get fuck. department a for vinnie's guitar company because that means there's more than one department well no i don't think there is no there's not now did you uh were you guys at nam last year was it no. last year i was at nam last year. oh it was uh wasn't there a booth yeah for the guitars 2012 i can tell you the story behind that i'd love to hear it okay here's a story you'll like this okay the guy that made those guitars is a man named tom pilecki and tom <laughs> tom built guitars for Vinny in the early 90s like so those double v guitars that you saw from back in the day tom built those for a company called pear p-e-a-r and so Vinny got in touch with him around 2012 i think and said hey i want you to start building guitars i want to put a line of guitars out and uh, i'm gonna start making my comeback and tom's like okay and like vinnie was difficult to work with before but he's like all right let's do it and like you know vinnie drew up a contract and this his biggest mistake was signing that contract because i've seen the contract and uh He'll, he's never going to hear this, so I'll talk about it. But, well, I love uh, it. Uh, and I'll even send you a copy. But a, uh, <laughs> I'd love that. It's uh, The contract is insane. I, I mean, it was. Showed a, me a copy of that the contract. The contract was written by an insane person. And <laughs> But why is it in just the demands? Oh, yeah. It's like basically like, you know, I'm going to own your firstborn and their children too. I mean, it was, it's. You it's remember the movie the Seven? Oh, yeah. You remember all the scribbling and writings and stuff like that that Kevin Spacey did? Right. Imagine Kevin Spacey writing a contract. Okay. Okay. It's along those lines. Like, like Tom was going to get a percentage or whatever, but everything else is like, if this goes wrong, if this goes wrong, and if all these other things go wrong, I own all this. I mean, that's, it was written to set up for him to fail. It was written like a, written by a con man. Right. I'm not saying who wrote it, but, um, <laughs> Vincent Cusano, <laughs> well, you said it, not me, right. but, yeah. uh, so Tom, for some dumb reason, signs these contracts and starts building the guitars and 
this guy's a great luthier. I mean, like these are beautiful fucking guitars with great hardware and everything. They're all handmade. And, uh, so the booth gets set up a bit like Tom's going through all kinds of changes and like the amount of insane, like revisions and stuff that went down on these guitars. You, you, Tom's an interview. I, I need to get Tom on my show. Honestly, Tom's an artist. He's, but he actually was one of the original uh, engineers for Atari back in the day too. Oh shit! Yeah, like he t- developed things for Atari. Talk to him about Pong. Yeah, but uh, he, uh, so he builds these guitars and they get the booth set up and he's like, "All right, well, you know, we're gonna go to the Nam show and uh, I look forward to seeing you in Anaheim." And Vinny goes, "Well, I'm not going." And <laughs> oh no, well, he, he, Vinny, I guess initially agreed to it. So he gets to Nam, he sets the booth up him and his wife and all the prototype guitars and he only made the prototypes he didn't make anything else no what's a, i i'm not a musician so when you say prototype guitar they're like just the they're, they're like, fully functional sure they're but they're just the display version like the version you show people right but they're not like really for sale they're just there for show and like he like some of the paint wasn't even 100 percent finished on like the paint was still wet on some of these because it was a last minute thing he gets to the booth they they set this thing up also, she was showing a picture of Vinny circa 1988 because he was like, I need a current picture of you. And Vinny's like, no, I won't do it, provide a current picture. Well, that's a good thing. They definitely don't want a current picture for marketing. Oh, well. Uh, that's so, scary. Yeah. So he sets the booth up and then Diane, Vinny's now passed away wife, shows up at the booth to run things. And and Tom goes, well, where's Vinny? And she's like, "I he's not coming down. He's So, Tom, so the whole time Vinny was in Anaheim staying at the hotel but would not leave the hotel room and was calling every five minutes and screaming at tom for one reason or another just flipping out and the day at the booth went well but like tom said like every five minutes he would call and yell at him about something or he hated something or just just bizarre behavior and uh diane was there and she basically handled all the pr for it and a lot of people came by, some people well-known. John Five was very interested in the guitar. Really? Yeah, he's a big Vinnie Vincent fan. And uh, he, yeah, he was, and he talked to her at length about, like, he's like, I'd love to do something with Vinnie. I'd like to play with him or something. And, like, yeah, he was very into the, the stuff. And it seemed like, you know, things were going to go well. And then uh, at the end of the convention, Vinny's, I think it was Vinny's lawyer showed up. Of course. And said, uh, I'm taking, I need to take the guitars to Tennessee or the guitars need to go back with Diane to Tennessee. And he was like, why? And, and the guy said, uh, I may be getting a little bit of this wrong because it's been years. That's all right. I don't fact check. Okay. But uh, (laughs) the guitars had to go back to Tennessee and he said, why? And he was told to, so Vinny could do like video demonstrations for authenticity of these guitars. So he agreed to do it and he let the guitars go oh. back to Tennessee and he has not seen those guitars since. And guess how many video demonstrations came out? Uh, zero. 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 And guess how many sales of these guitars happened? Zero. I would buy one just to frame it. Did you see the prices? Weren't they like uh, six, seven grand <laughs> yeah. or something? And if you wanted like the gold, the double neck, it was 12 grand. That sounds reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. For someone that's won the Powerball, sure. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like, <laughs> what? I mean, and even the even if you ordered the guitar through the the website he had at the time, and she built that website himself through Wix. Yeah, I could tell. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he built that site himself. But anyway, if you, even if you ordered it though, if you looked at the fine print, 
It was like this money will go into an escrow account, and it just it just came off like this sounds shady. As you're not shit, playing man. for the like, guitar; you're like paying you're, for the chance. Like to I'm going to get your money, and you it's may like, get the guitar. You but might. You, you probably won't. Well, it's along the lines of the box set. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, and the, the mysterious box on set cassette. That, yeah, kind of a genius move. I'll give him that. A but, box set on cassette. Yeah, and this was in the mid to late nineties. <laughs> but then, like. I bought the Euphoria uh, EP, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I forget the pricing structure. But if you add a couple more bucks, you you get like an autograph. I don't know, stationary thing. And I, so I I do it. Of course I do it. And I got like ten different things autographed. Like he like I don't know if he autographed them, but I got like a folder. It's like some Opeachy folder. <laughs> I got like the most bizarre. Like it's just like someone was signing these things and just put it. Yeah, just put in this too. And like, <laughs> now if it was him signing, I got I got good value. It's probably the real. It's thing. like picking up stuff from around the house and signing it. Yeah, it, it was like one was like a purple. Uh, index folder that like it was just like nothing to like just <laughs> a hell random have to do yeah. yeah it was just uh no rhyme or reason to it huh and then uh what was the al- album he put out guitar mageddon mm. was a 71 minute cd no that was speedball jam you're right guitar mageddon never actually came out <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but w- with speedball jam you uh you had to you couldn't fast forward or it would just go to the end, which is kind of genius. I'll give him that. Like you, he makes you listen to the whole thing. You have to just hear it. He doesn't make, I didn't listen to the whole thing. I did. I was like, (laughs) I had an, it's 71 minutes. I think it's just noodling for 71 minutes. It's just a warm up. Yeah. (laughs) And it sounds like sound check. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, but I just, I love his demented genius of, uh, you're not going to be able to fast forward. Uh, everything is all, Everything's just, uh, it's divisive. Everything's like, Dude, what are you doing? I mean, that guy could have had a great career uh, with or without Kiss, you know. Oh, I agree. I mean, he's so talented. Incredibly talented. And what a songwriter. For that era or genre of yeah. music. Uh, but he also wrote like Jingles for Happy Days. So he's yeah. very... And Joni and, Loves Chachi. <laughs> he was the musical director yeah. for Joni Loves Chachi. And I, uh, although his appearance in the Dan Hartman band, uh, Instant Replay... That's, that's troubling. Yeah. That looked like an Amber Alert playing instruments. I never looked at G.E. Smith the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that guy's yeah. amazing. Yeah. He's incredible, too. But I was like, I, I think less of you guys after watching you dance like morons across the screen. Like, <laughs> He'd be a I great. I love that video, know. though. He would, too. Yeah. Yeah. They're all like. They're like, yeah. And that's all from Connecticut. Like, all those guys hooked up together in Connecticut to put that band together before Vinny even kind of went out to make it on his own. Yeah. Well, I'm a huge Dan I, You know, fan. I interviewed the female backing singer really? from that album blanche napoleon and what was her uh she had great memories of Vinny. well that's because he probably wasn't too uh he really, strange back then yeah, this was like 1977 so still pretty even keeled so oh, she, yeah, she said he was a total sweetheart probably hungry and like just had, i mean dan hartman back then was a pretty big name oh sure uh, yeah he had already had that stuff with the uh, edgar winter group yeah i mean you know, kind of a bummer uh you know he wrote free ride yeah really I mean, yeah it's like wow. uh, he died really young though yeah he died in the 80s and he also a lot of people don't remember realize that it's him doing that song i can dream about you from the 80s yeah i remember that's a lot of streets people, of fire soundtrack a lot of people think it's a black guy because the video shows a stony jackson so yeah but here's the weird thing it was well that's because he was singing it in the movie so it, it you know it's a weird um 
Like Dan Hartman uh, wrote it. Stoney Jackson's on the uh, video or in the movie and video, uh, yeah, lip singing it. But in the the actual voice is someone else. It's like it's a three. It's three people yeah. doing, doing a collaboration. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, so and I but love I, uh, Streets of Fire. Yeah. That's a cool movie. I Great like soundtrack. Yeah, but I'm yeah. fascinated with that early pre-kiss period of for Vinny because there's a lot of interesting stuff going on there so non-kiss like oh yeah uh, music have you heard, have you heard the, the treasure material i've tried to find like a bootleg of it oh uh, you, you haven't heard it no it's on youtube oh really yeah pretty sure it is because i'm always about buying bootlegs yeah and that they actually a cd came out like a year or two ago of them playing at the bottom line it's like a live, really it's a live album yeah Cause they're uh, and they were really. I mean, it's straight up, you know, AM gold from the seventies. Yeah. But I love but that. It, but stuff. It, but as, and Vinny's playing is great, like very Jeff Beck sounding playing. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know what happened to him in the eighties when he got into the wankery. He uh, just realized he could out he could outspeed anybody, and and Eddie Van Halen was a big deal, and so he put two and two together. It was like, oh, I'll just be faster than everyone. Which you know, that's one thing that bothered me about Gene and Paul. That, you know, especially uh, when they were asked about Mark St. John, where he'd play like I know a, what you're gonna say. You know, a million notes a minute, couldn't yep. play the same thing twice, mm-hmm. which I don't know if that's true or but not. But that's what they wanted. Yeah. It's like, well, <laughs> you guys were the talent scouts. You yeah. hired you're me the for that. You're the assholes that hired <laughs> yeah. him. What, so, what's your excuse? <laughs> you wanted, I, I personally think Mark and uh, Vinny were too good to be in the band. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. You know, in terms of their technical. Yeah, well, yeah, techni- technique-wise, they were way above those guys. So, like, what, what are they supposed to do? Play, you're supposed to play down to the, funny the, thing their, is, the other guy's abilities, you know, just stop to, being good. I'm, yeah. tr- I'm trying to remember. I think it was Mark Slaughter that told me this story when we interviewed him about a year ago. We, uh, was that at the place in, at the restaurant? Yeah. The, oh, Charlie's. Right. That was great. You could hear, like, that was a great interview. Oh, thank you. But because uh, were you interviewing Mark Slaughter? Oh, Mark Slaughter. But it was yeah. like you could hear the waitress take yep. your order. Yeah. Oh, Can that, I get you anything? Yeah. Yeah, but I thought it was an amazing interview in and of itself. But under that environment of a restaurant, like I yeah. could never have done that. I'd be too fucking distracted. Yeah, we. Well, I'll take a burger, hey Mark. Uh, hold on. Do you uh, want to know what the funniest thing is? That night, that was the third place we went to to try to pull that off. Oh, really? Yeah. First, we go to a Panera, and we get there, and they're like, "Oh, we're about to, we're about to close." And I'm like, "Shit!" So I'm like, "Okay." And then Mark's like, "Well, there's a Starbucks down the road. We can go there." Go so he Star- was cool about yeah. it. So we follow Mark in our car, following his. Go to Starbucks. We're about to close. Fuck! And I'm like thinking he's gonna. Be like, well, I got to bail. What time was this? This is like nine o'clock at night. Shit, really? Yeah, nine but o'clock? Vegas. That's like nine in the morning. Yeah, but this was Nashville. Well, that, oh, okay. <laughs> they roll up their sidewalks at eight. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, this is yeah. the south. And uh, so, but then he's like, no, we can go to another place. There's no Charlie's around the corner. I'm yeah. Like, okay, let's go there. And then they were like, yeah, that's fine. And then when we got there, all the wa- the waitresses knew who he was, and like they were like giggling and shit, like they were yeah. like um, uh, pointing and because he looks the same. Oh, he looks the exactly most part. the same. And uh, so yeah, they would come by and they're like, oh, let us know if you need anything. So yeah, they were real accommodated. Like they were closing up while we did the interview, but still serving us and everything. It was great. Well, he that was like oh, okay. Well, what the story I was going to say. Um, he said that uh, you know they were touring with Iron Maiden for a while in the in the invasion. And uh, which Iron Maiden, you know, are incredible musicians. Prime Iron yeah. Maiden. Yeah. Mid 80s. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is uh, somewhere in time tour, mm-hmm. I think. And uh, they're like backstage and like he walks backstage and where Vinny's in the dressing room and like 
all the guys in Iron Maiden are like crowded around Vinny in the dressing room and Vinny is just going through all these Jeff Beck riffs and all these, you know, 60s stuff and he's playing all this Jeff Beck stuff and he stops and they go, why don't you play like that? That's great. And, and Vinny looks at him with a straight face and goes, well, I can play flat faster than those guys. That's crazy. That was the problem. But yeah, they're like, you should do that. And he's like, no, I can play faster than that. <laughs> if you know that Jeez. it's so weird that like obviously him and gene and paul were like not a good mix to be in a band together but i thought they were like that couple who shouldn't be together but somehow they work well together like because gene and paul reigned Vinny in enough yeah to like you know sound uh recordable right <laughs> and Vinny was like the shot in the arm that you know gene and paul needed like you know, that guitar solo on All Hell's Breaking Loose. It's like the perfect solo for that song. Right. And Lick It Up. I guess there wasn't really a solo on Lick It Up, but uh, most of the solos. It's got a, br- it builds. I mean, right. it's got a nice build to it. And in the middle, yeah. And, but, and, it, and, it, and punch. But yeah, you're right. It doesn't really have a solo to it. But I, I like that. Song. I mean, I would have loved. I love Lick It Up. That's probably my favorite Vinny song. Yeah, oh, I love so, that song. And the video, it's, you can tell even then they were having problems with it. <laughs> yeah. He was like, if you watch the way they edited that video, clearly someone was like, get, I mean, we can't get him out because he's the lead guitar player. But like, let's try to edit him or edit yeah. around him. Like, there's so many shots of just Eric Carr, Gene, and Paul walking in that <laughs> apocalyptic fucking movies. And, and then they're like, okay, we have to give Vinny a shot. So we'll yeah. shoot Vinny here. And then, okay, let's go around. It's just his hands on the pink guitar. Yeah. Uh, I would have loved to have seen him stick around for, I guess, what would have been Animal Eyes. Well, yeah, well, some of the material that's on the first Invasion album was written for Animal. Eyes. Yeah, like I think the Back song, on the Streets. Well, the song Animal was. That's what. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Where do you that think makes they got sense. the name Animal Eyes from? And I love Robert Fleischman's vocals. Me too. I, I, you know, it's like telling people you like Piercy's vocals. People are like, his, uh, I just love him. No, I love him too. And, you know, he was doing what Vinny wanted him to do. You know, they wanted him to go sky high with the, with the yeah. vocals. I mean, I don't know if I like the writing crop. Uh, picture on the back of the album you know mm-hmm. where he looks like a uh, he doesn't like it either <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah he the, definitely didn't fit no. <laughs> like, well, he, he walks in to do to, he walks in to do the album cover and all of a sudden he looks at the they all look like drag queens he's like what the fuck am i supposed to do yeah and he's got like this uh, <laughs> uh yeah like disturbing. a haircut that i don't know you'd see in the cure or depeche mode you know it's like a mullet really yeah and then the, the, the writing whip is just like who just handed you this it's like, we'll put this on too yeah his when when we interviewed him his his quote was something like i looked like uh, a dominatrix in front of three inflatable drag queens <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that was a great interview because he you know oh well yeah you want to talk about how the the, the bitter guests are the best ones that he came with fuck with both barrels loaded in that talk i mean he he trashed dana strum something awful in that in that interview because it's got to be hard for you know him to and Vinny in that one too yeah he 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 revealed a lot more than i expected him to well i don't think you'll find too many people ever to really i mean mark slaughters he's never really thrown Vinny completely under the bus as a you know he took a couple shots during our talk with him but it was it's been the most I'm, complimentary i'm sure he held back more than than what he knew i'm sure yeah. i'm sure there's plenty of stuff that he did not tell us which is why I'm trying so hard to get a documentary done about Vinny. If you do, I'd love to help. I mean, <laughs> I, I've pit, everyone I've told this idea to 
from Fred Corey, who was. Uh, I hope you have a good legal team. Well, <laughs> apparently, uh, it, that's the that's the hang up. I'm sure. You know, uh, I mean, Fred was. Uh, According to Fred, he was in the Vinnie Vincent invasion for a hot second. Like uh, he had drummed on the demos. Oh, and, really? Uh, I think I ever heard something about. Vinnie that. had yeah. put him up at the uh, what is now called the Andaz, but uh, back it was the Riot Hyatt on Sunset. Right. And uh, it just left him there for a couple of weeks, and then gave him a bill. He but, never went out and drummed. No. So he, well, no, he went down once and, uh, you know, Fred was pretty young in the game, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, kind of maybe late twenties and, uh, or maybe even mid twenties and, uh, just said, then he kept telling him to make the drums sexy, make love to the drums. And, you know, Fred's like, what the fuck? And then, uh, just, I think that's might've been when Cinderella popped. And mm-hmm. so he was like, I'm out. And, yeah. Uh, Sounds like Kubrick directions. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> make love to the drums. But Fred does the best Vinnie Vincent impression ever. Like, <laughs> it's kind of a Paul Stanley meets, uh, it's very similar to Paul's voice, but, uh, you know, I think it worked <laughs> all right. Fred now was on that show, uh, Night Shift, I think, on NBC. Makes more money doing oh, that. Than, yeah. And right, does all the music for the LA Kings. King. Yeah, it's so funny to watch a King game, uh, and then you'll hear like a Britney Fox you know, long way to love right before a face off. And say, like, all right, <laughs> Fred's working tonight. Fred's working. Um, and uh, that's cool. Fred's awesome. So <laughs> I'm trying to get him and Piercy on at the same time to oh, do it. That would be cool. Sp- well, I love Steven, but he is, uh, he's tough to nail down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, there was a few restarts with the interview in terms of getting him here. And, uh, uh, I'd love to do a special arcade uh, reunion. Uh, oh, I'd love to hear that. So, well, I, I mean, they're good friends, so never say never. You know, Fre- a, uh, who was it? Frankie from Arcade saved my life one night. How so? Vince Neal's playing the uh, Key Club, mm-hmm. which is now Jay Z's Club One Oak, mm-hmm. and uh, Brent Fitz was uh, drumming for Vince, so I. Once again, I don't, I'm not bragging, but backstage at the Key Club is really a closet. Mm. And uh, so we go back after the show. Everyone's bullshitting. Uh, uh, Bruce Kulik was there, and Bruce uh, says, Earl, let's go. The rainbow or something. So I said, okay, let's go. We start walking out, and I see Frankie from Arcade. Frankie Wilsex, I think is his name. Uh, kind of looks like Joe Perry. Mm. And uh, yeah. I said, Bruce, I'll meet you there. I, I got to talk to this guy. He's... Mm-hmm. arcade man he's like who's arcade i'm like don't worry <laughs> don't worry about it bruce start talking to frankie uh 30 seconds later i hear gunshots whoa and that was the night bruce got shot oh that's the same oh, night. So yeah. you were just hanging out with him yeah and uh, i'm not saying i would have been hit if i but i would have been right next to him and uh so we all rushed up there and uh <laughs> you know it's a fair amount of blood and everyone was looking at me uh going earl you got to give me a shirt make a tourniquet and i had a really nice shirt on that night and uh i just looked down at bruce i'm like um hey man how bad is it and uh he said give me the fucking shirt Earl." and uh (laughs) (laughs) so i gave him the shirt they tie the tourniquet till the ambulance came but i'm so cheap 
at that time i went to the hospital the next day and i'm digging through the medical waste you're looking for the back, shirt and i Are found you serious? it you found the shirt i found fuck it's a versace man. oh okay fuck that All right, getting getting that. i don't care if i get aids i'm getting that shirt back Should have auctioned it on ebay has real bruce kulik dna it does <laughs> uh, i did wash it uh so uh, thank you frankie and then you should have done what the news stations did when the story happened put ace's picture up oh i know poor bruce I felt so <laughs> bad for him it's like his guitar is shot it's pictures of ace i know <laughs> That's like <laughs> when the Kings won the Stanley Cup the first year, all the sports uh, reporters on like ABC and NBC had the Sacramento Kings logo. Oh, nice. Really? So I was like, that's just great. All right, guys. I, I could talk forever. I could do. Uh, but, you know, I like to have the guests want or the uh, viewers want a little more. I, I hope we're in the same city again. Absolutely. What yeah, well, uh, you got to come to Nashville. We have a Zanies. I know. And now that roast battle has done me well, yeah, you should be able to make it out. And uh, I'm on a, a Showtime show that it doesn't come out till June, but it's about the '70s comedy scene uh, called "I'm Dying Up Here." That uh, I can't wait for that. It's amazing. Uh, I'm because uh, I'm also a giant fan of comedy history. You will love "I'm Dying Up Here." It's uh, looking forward to it. It's the '70s comedy scene in LA was just magical. Yeah. It's like you had like the Letterman's, the Leno's, mm -hmm. unknown comics all trying to make it. Uh, the, the the clubs are you know very uh, they're like the Bloods and the Crips. You had to pick one or the other. Yeah, and so uh, and it was a funny time for female comics because there weren't that many. And uh, this show goes into all that. And, yeah, it's touch uh, on Kaufman at all. And um, you know, I was in the last four episodes. Uh I'm not I'm a recurring character, mm -hmm. uh, which might change for season two. But oh, I uh, hope so. Me too. Believe me, me too. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, Showtime has been good to me. So uh, hopefully with more credits like that, now I can yeah. call the Zanies and they'd be like, Oh, we could say, Yeah, you're the guy from I'm dying up here. Do you get to wear some sweet seventies like leisure suit or anything? I uh I play the character Al Sims, who is a bitter late night comic, always trying to fuck the waitresses, <laughs> doing the same set over is and this over a real again. Stretch? Not really. Oh, okay. <laughs> it would pretty much be like, well, Earl, everyone else gets lines, but uh, you just say what you normally say. But you know, you have to joke about seventies topics. So instead Switch of switch it up a little, bit. joking about Vinny Vincent, I had to go to like, hey, how about that Liberace? Is that guy a hoot? All right. Um, but it's it's uh, the lead actress, uh, Melissa Leo. She's won an Oscar. So it's like yeah, a legit. Uh, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not a bunch of beginning actors in this thing. It's uh, an amazing cast. So, uh, so I guess all I can have, I can say that guy listens to my show. Absolutely. I go, oh, my God. <laughs> nice. That's that bitter late night comic, <laughs> Earl. I mean, Al. Uh, I've been on his couch. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to get, you know, Unfortunately, to tour the country, um, at places like Zanies and yeah. uh, Improvs and uh, really any big club like that, you know, they have to be able to say, you, you can see him on Roast Battle. Right. Or her. You know, you, yeah. you can see her at, on I'm Dying Up Here, you know, uh, at the Big Bang Theory or whatever. Right. So, uh, but now I... You can say that about me. So, well, my, uh, before this happened, I, uh, I had, I had had a theory in my head of, like a rock and roll comics tour. Right. You, Florentine, uh, Posehn. Oh my God. Be... 
all touring together, like kind of with a rock and roll theme. Like it even have like if you came to Nashville, you could have like all those eighty rocker eighties rockers guys at these shows. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, it they would, would it would be awesome if they could do one of those something like that at Nam. They could have like a oh, spot, cool a spot yeah. yeah at Nam where they could just do like you know if everybody get away and just go to a like a comedy spot. If I had at the NAMM. the disposable income to like bring all three of you guys here. For a show or even have D- dean del rey involved with it oh yeah i mean i did a show with dean a couple of years ago at the punchline in frisco and uh i think the guys from blackboard jungle were there and wow. i was like there's a name i haven't heard in a long time. oh those guys are great <laughs> and uh you know they were the only ones laughing at like my you know michelangelo zingers because uh, yeah. <laughs> he had just done the national anthem at the king game uh i don't know if he's a hockey fan but some I, Fred probably arranged it. Yeah. Uh, How many minutes did that? Work? I was going to say, did he kill it? Did it- <laughs> well, we had just <laughs> invaded, like, not Iraq, but some other country. So, you know, the crowd's a little on edge with an anthem, you know, and uh, he's got this four neck guitar yeah. and he's like triple tapping the solos. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, he looks really it. fucking, yeah, the pretty bad bad wig to pay something going on there. Uh, and it was just, so fucking funny yeah and uh so i had a couple minutes on that and this one table was laughing really hard in particular i'm like after the show i'm like well why were you guys laughing at that like oh we used to play with them back in the day i'm like who are you guys and it was blackboard junk wow so uh they're awesome that's Uh, cool they did i was lucky enough i don't mean to brag guys Uh. and that's lois singing in key uh i did stand-up comedy right before their reunion show at the Viper Room a couple yeah. months ago to <laughs> try and maintain. They do a once-a-year concert. They do one concert a year. I had no idea. A lot of people didn't. <laughs> I do remember them though. Oh, they're you know <laughs> you know they were uh, they were one of those many Sunset Strip bands that just were a little late to the party and uh, I think they were a little after like someone like say Shark Island and yeah. so it was just uh, sorry about all the buzzing right now it's. Uh, you're just getting blown up. My, my apple. Of course, it's all guys. <laughs> Gotten where, 40 texts since this podcast has been on the air. Not one from a girl. Where, where are the white women at? Well, I can tell you where they're not at. That's this <laughs> fucking apartment. Um, so, well, there's a uh, roast battle is uh, doing an episode right now as we speak at the House of Blues. So oh, yeah. Um, so everyone's like, where are you? And I'm like, I ain't on roast battle. That's I can tell you why I'm not. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, but, I hope I didn't take you away from doing it. No, 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 no. I think they uh, went with a new cast this season. And then uh, hopefully in Montreal, I'm going to see if this helps. <laughs> it's all good and uh hopefully uh, i think uh you know if there is a season three maybe they uh do like a battle of the seasons and uh i was a very controversial figure on the roast battle for my uh yeah it's nice to see you wearing a shirt well you know <laughs> i'm very much into the 80s metal uh performance art yes you are i'm probably out not, of the you s- don't have meat hanging from your around your neck or anything like that right i now, would so. uh my uh you this do. might be breaking news in the uh, world of roast battle but uh uh if i was going to get to the live and i mean i got to the live finale but if i got to the finale i was going to come out naked as buffalo bill oh <laughs> and i asked the comedy central uh, the main guy uh, the director i'm like hey joel uh you know this is what i'm planning on doing is that cool he's like oh yeah we'll just blur it out if it pops out 
Right. Like, uh, okay. But, you have, uh, have to walk pretty tight to get it out there. Well, I mean, I'm not Tommy Lee, but it's, uh, you know, I would have had to do the uh, the penguin shuffle without yeah. something popping out. You but, can't uh, steer a boat with no hands. I mean, it, you know, <laughs> no, to be honest with you. But, I mean, I'm not Mandango, but it's yeah. like, you know, I mean, I get some repeat business. Uh, now we're delving in. <laughs> <laughs> Took a weird we're getting dark. some dark territory here. Yeah, real dark. Uh, where can guys find you on Twitter? You know, all that. Okay. Plug what you need to. Sure. Uh, Twitter at Decibel Geek Pod. Uh, face, Facebook is where you get the most activity. It's facebook.com slash Decibel Geek, where we do all kinds of good like polls and stuff. Uh, so if you're a big 80s metalhead from, from back in the day, you'll get a lot of stuff on there. Uh, then, of course, the mothership, decibelgeek.com, where we've got like 20 writers now from all over the world. And the the, the now it's, it's, we're at a point now where it's like, oh, they have a podcast, too. So like the, right. the writers are blowing up so much that uh, the podcast is almost becoming part of it. So, uh, yeah, those are the main places to go. Of course, iTunes, Stitcher, all the, the normal podcast places. Well, uh, it's an honor to have you guys oh, here. Man, it's an honor to be uh, here. Thanks thank for, you, Earl. Thanks for been, inviting us. It's been over. a pleasure. Oh, you guys are like, you know, you guys, Marin. Uh, oh, geez. <laughs> that just made my whole week. But, you know, it's. <laughs> you a, guys, Marin. Wow. Yeah. But, you know, to talk about this genre of music, it's, it's not a very. It's a niche. Uh, very niche. Yeah. Incredibly niche. I mean, <laughs> it, it's niche talking about Bon Jovi, mm, uh, yeah. but talking about like. You know Cinderella and Rat and uh, well, this year I'm starting well, Jovi Cast. So right, well there you go. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you'll get a uh, cease and desist from Alec John Such. <laughs> so you know, I'd let you talk about a that, guy. That's an interview I want. He's probably not bitter because he's probably dialed in with the publishing. Yeah, because uh, I think Bon Jovi, when he was in them, they did the Motorhead thing where it was like every we yeah. all wrote, Split you know, we all get publishing. Uh, so he's. I mean, he's set for life just on those. Oh, I'm sure he's fine. Yeah. Slippery when wet sails. Just on that just alone. Just on that alone. He'll never have to yeah. worry uh, about an income ever again. So, uh, but he he could possibly be bitter. I could see him uh, like being jaded on the business. And to clear it up, I'm not doing a Bon Jovi podcast. Well, I am. In case so, anyone's wondering. Okay, You cool. just had an audience with bated breath there. Well, we'll do Albums that, Unleashed so. for New Jersey one of these days. Right, right. You know, Desmond Child had some, uh, <laughs> some goodies that didn't make that... Uh, his box set, by the way, is amazing. I have it somewhere here. Uh, I'm sure you do. It, you no, I really do. Desmond Child, <laughs> under the covers. Okay, I'll check that out. Please, it, it, it's like like we were talking about when we talked. You know, he didn't just write for Kiss. It's no, like, no, he wrote for everybody. Uh, you know, Ricky Rance Martin, and, uh, Hanson, yeah, Aerosmith, uh, Aerosmith, uh, Aero, all of Aerosmith's hits after their yeah. uh, comeback. Uh, bon, you know, Bon his, Jovi. His story of how dude looks like a lady was written as fucking hilarious listen to that episode oh uh, yeah so uh desmond child on decibel geek uh, pod is uh it's a great interview all their interviews are great oh, so you, uh you know i know that sometimes on this podcast i lose some people because i'm interviewing comics that you know people might not necessarily have heard of but that's the whole point yeah well you guys yeah you know uh but you guys get bigger guests uh you know De i mean desmond child is like well, we still consider ourselves lucky that that book, and I haven't heard from him since, so I don't know how he felt about it, but who knows? He, I don't know. I mean, he strikes me as a guy, even though I don't know him, you could, you know, some people you can just look at and go, this is probably a one-time interview. And I, and I, well, and, I, and he was nice and all, but it's just, he's too big for us. You know, I was just kind of like, we're lucky to get him, but I doubt that he'll ever be back on. 
Just, you never know. I, I, I'll ask, but we'll see. You, you know, that's how I live my life on this podcast. I ask everyone. Uh, well, the best thing you can do is ask. I mean, I'll ask Gene, you know, you know, because Gene would be great because like we were saying, mm. he doesn't do podcasts. Yeah. To, to my knowledge, he's never done one. I'm trying to think if he did. I mean, I'm sure he's done one. Uh, maybe not. I'm sure he may, maybe does, someone like Rogan. Paul did Rogan. Paul did Rogan. Gene may not have. I don't know. But that'd be, I think if we, either one of us could just get him. We should just start. He would love it. Him. Oh, yeah. I think he would have a great time. Although you have to steer him away from the cliche answers because he, right. he's got them ready and well, ready to go. But see, that's what uh, I would call him out on it, too. That's yeah, I would. too. Yeah, like, I'd say we've heard that a million times. Yeah. But it's, see, yeah. the answer or the questions I'd be asking him wouldn't have nothing to do with Ace and Peter. I don't want to hear mm -hmm. about Destroyer. No. It'd be like, tell us about Unmasked. Yeah. Which he would love. The Elder. Let's talk about the studio tracks on Killers. Yeah, yeah, I'm a legend tonight. Yeah, um, yeah. Where'd that come? You, you'd have to probably if he if you wanted. I think he worries most about left field questions and and stuff that would maybe hurt him. Right. So if if you wanted to get him to come to discuss stuff like that, he'd have to not have Pat answers, but maybe let him know that this is where you're going with this. I yeah, mean, I would definitely say, hey man, I'm yeah. not going to sandbag you. Obviously, I'm a yeah. fan. But I'm not gonna. It's not gonna be the questions you've been asked for thirty fucking years. Right. Get into crazy nights. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna get into Miami Vice. Uh, wanted dead or alive with Rucker Hauer. Uh, right. Yeah. You know, so I, I think uh, if you could somehow get Run to away. him. <laughs> uh, and same thing with Paul. But uh, you know, guys, inappropriate Earl fans become Decibel Geek podcast fans because uh, they're busy. They were here for Nam. They didn't have to come here. And uh, I don't know. This is one of the things I was most looking forward to. Oh, I was really trying to milk it. Oh, okay. Oh, that's okay. Go ahead. I know you guys got to hit the rainbow right now. And, yep. uh, you know, rainbow during Nam is like next level. It's like the <laughs> pussy at the Playboy Mansion at the lingerie party. It's just it's a step up uh, yeah i plan to snort a mountain of coke tonight too. we can go uh, in go the back beer like tony montana you got to see the lemmy uh the statue, the statue. Yeah. Uh, it's at the end of the outside bar and fortunately uh, you know I, if it was a few years ago we would have actually gone to lemmy so i mean you know yeah, lemmy was the best yeah. i take him to the dentist many nights no. and uh that my dentist loved lemmy i mean he made a lot of money really uh, those yeah. bridges wouldn't stick so it's like <laughs> can't imagine know. why <laughs> well uh, but his doctors told lemmy basically don't uh don't stop because if yeah. you do, in Lemmy's mind, he was regulating his system. All right. right. Was. So, yeah. to show you how bad Lemmy's health was going, uh, he went from, uh, was it whiskey to vodka? Right. And he thought that was a health. He thought it was a healthy thing. Gone, right. gone, gone to a clear liquid. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> inappropriate Earl, guys. SoundCloud and iTunes. I haven't figured out how to get on Stitcher yet. Uh, please, uh, Decibel Geek Podcast, uh, get. Uh, online Twitter Facebook and uh, iTunes as well for them and uh, Gene Simmons come on either one of our podcasts don't be such a, a wiener 